This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. <laughs> all right, all right. Welcome to yet another edition of the Real Talk Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Jesse Jones, along with my beautiful, my vivacious. She's back and looking in good health and everything, and with her little Fenty zip up on. She is. <laughs> I could be an older influencer. It's a thing. <laughs> she is the one and only, the queen, Miss Falanda. Say hi to the people. Hi, family. And today we have a very special guest on deck today. He told me just to call him Eric, but y'all know me. Y'all know I am not about to just have a guest on here <laughs> and they get to just be their name. He is an outstanding individual. I promise you, he is loads of fun. Anybody who's been a, a viewer of the Real Talk podcast, especially since we've been going live, knows he is tons of fun. He participates. He is a commenter. And he's got a wonderful heartbreaking but very true to life life story there's a lot that's going on with this young man he has served our he has served our country faithfully in the military as well he is the one and only i hope i don't mess up his last name i've been trying to i'm saying i'm Uh-oh. messing up all day long like i ain't gonna do it but I'm, I'm, i promise you now i'm gonna get tongue-tied but he is the one and only mr eric spade say hi to the folks sir <laughs> hey everyone uh thank you for ever uh for everyone who's joining and i thank you for uh, Jesse and Philander for having me on the show, and I, uh, you know, like I said, I watch you guys all the time, so I'm really excited to be on the show and talk about real issues. And oh, by the way, you did say my last we name are right. Absolutely excited to have you. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> it's, it's eight. It's eight with an SP on it, so that's it. Just spate. That's what I thought. I was like, I pro- here's how I came. Here's how I got to, to to pronounce it that way. I was like, well, my my wife's name is Yolanda, but with an F. So let me just go with what it looks like, and then mm-hmm. put the stuff put the stuff I'm not familiar with in front of it, and see if that works. If not, I'll just go ahead and be wrong. <laughs> but I'm glad I was right. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we go, we get ready to kick this thing off. Um, you're gonna have to pardon the delay. There's a we're finding that there is a delay between us and him. So just bear with us as we work through that. It's nothing we can do. It's it's just the way the system is working today. Um, so if there's a delay, there's a delay. We might step on each other's toes every so often, but it's part of the delay. But we got this. Now, before we get into our topics and all of our stuff, let me put this disclaimer out here. The subject matter we're going to be dealing with today. It can be possibly triggering for some people. And so if it triggers you, it's not our our intention on one side or the other to trigger you. Just deal with your trigger. Or you can not listen to this podcast today. I get it. Mm -hmm. Same token. The topic that we're going to be dealing with today is also uh, quite controversial on both sides. There are strong feelings on both sides of the equation. We at the Real Talk Podcast, in particular myself, let me since I own the Real Talk Podcast, it's not just we at the Real Talk Podcast. Jesse Jones, as a man and as a man of God, will not tolerate any abusive language, any 
any trash, any any kind of stuff. If I feel like your comments are out of pocket or out of line, here's what's gonna happen. Um, first, I'm gonna I'm gonna delete your comment, so ain't nobody gonna see that mess. Mm -hmm. Second, you're gonna get banned. Mm -hmm. And right after I ban you, I'm gonna talk about you for about a good five minutes. So you ain't gonna be able to retort. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I hope all your profile pictures are up to date and everything. Ooh, ride you like a I hope that you know. I really hope y'all are on your best behavior. But if you ain't, I hope all your stuff is. I hope all your profile pictures look good. All your mm -hmm. posts are good because me and my wife we good at doing deep dives and folks and stuff. And not only will I talk about you today, but I may take the rest of the week out mm -hmm. and just t and just take little shots at you online, just mm -hmm. so you know. And if you feel like you can handle that, you big enough to handle that, you probably can. You cool, but just know that's how this is gonna work. Mm -hmm. We are looking to have a respectful dialogue today. Mm -hmm. It is going to be very, it should be very informative. It is supposed to be very informative, very educational. Every question that is going to be asked from both sides is not out of hate or malice. It is out of sheer, true wanting to know. Eric is a member of the LGBTQ plus community. We're going to be talking about, we're talking about homosexuality and the church. He in no way is a representative of the entire community, okay? He's a representative of him. His opinions, <laughs> his thoughts, his everything. Yes. But as a member of that community, there's some insight he can give to us that we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm -hmm. The church has been not dealing with this topic for too long, and the few times we do deal with it, we deal with it in such a backhanded, idiotic, ignorant way that does not reflect the love of Christ, that it's sickening. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, we're going to have a conversation today. We're going to talk about homosexuality in the church. We're going to talk about him with his experiences and things that he's been through. Yes, I am going to be me. I am a pastor, so I'm going to be me. Jesus is going to be invoked in here. I can't help it. It's what I do. My goal, however, is not, if he is not saved, I ain't asked him for a reason is not to win him over to go ahead and be saved, just stop being homosexual. No, I ain't doing that. That's not what my job is to do today. My job is to treat him with love and respect as he treats me with love and respect, and we have this conversation. I'm going to, there's going to be some Jesus in it. It's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to speak the truth that, as the word of God declares, but I'm going to show you how we should be speaking the truth and how we should be having these conversations. And so I warn you now, if this ain't, if this going to be the kind of show for you that you think you're going to get some stuff, oh, please get off my podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't need your viewership that much. He, I appreciate Eric because he's always on our podcast, comment mm -hmm. and having fun. With, he keeps a lot of our episodes flowing and having fun. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to have him on. We wanted to have some conversation with him. So with that being said, let us once, once again welcome Mr. Eric Spade. Welcome, sir. We appreciate you for coming on the podcast. I'm excited. I've been excited since you said yes. I really have. <laughs> no, I thank you. Like I said, I appreciate you guys for letting me on the podcast. And like I said, uh, a lot of people don't want to talk about these issues, but these are issues that need to be talked about. And like, you know, before the show, I was saying that a lot of the stuff that, that goes on, especially with our, our community right now, is just, you know, the, the stuff, the transgender stuff and whether that should be people should be athletes and participate in that kind of sport. So I have, I have very different views about that. Um, that doesn't really follow the mainstream cycle on it. So I'm happy to talk about it, and thank you guys again for letting me join the show. We love it. We love it. We love it. So uh, let's do it this way. You said, didn't you say you had some questions first, some, some icebreaker type questions oh, first? Oh, so let's like, go ahead and do that first, and then, then we'll get deep into it. While I was in my hospital.
hospital stay, I was asking people, I'm like, you know how they always talk about a villain's origin story. So what about mm-hmm. the superheroes? I consider us to be superheroes, not villains, at least on most days. Like, I don't I'll wake up to be the villain. <laughs> I can be, but anyway. <laughs> but so, Eric, what's your origin story? Where are you from? Who are your peoples? What you doing? Um, so I, I was born in North Carolina. I was born in North Carolina, raised in Virginia, uh, close to the D.C. area. Um, so I went to okay. school up there and um, had lots of friends. That was most of where my life was. And then most of my family still uh, lives in North Carolina. So we go down there back and forth to see my families and uh, go back to Virginia because that's where the jobs were. My mom worked at <laughs> she worked up in D.C. So she we moved up there and we had mm-hmm. a um, a good life. My parents divorced around when I was about uh, six or seven. And so I grew up just living with my mom, just her and I for a long time. So um, that was an experience when you kind of grew up in a household without without the father there. My father was around. He just wasn't. Um, I see him like every other weekend or stuff like that. So. I learned a lot of stuff from him too, but he wasn't in the in the household probably during the years that he, that he could have been. You know, during my teenage years, those years that we do stuff that we that we kind of regret. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so it's always nice to have that father figure. But um, but yeah, other than that, other than that, had a had a good good life, middle middle class lifestyle, I would say. Um, had a regular group of friends. It was a real my school, my both my schools, all my schools really were really mixed. We had every different, you know ethnicity race up in there so I got exposure to you know having that multicultural um, experience at a young age so Mm -hmm. I think um, that helped me growing up as well so but yeah that that's that's about me in a nutshell then I joined the Navy with this Eddie was Eddie said he's gonna call me a knucklehead but he refrained but I served uh, two tours with Eddie and uh, you know no 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 he he sure (laughs) didn't it's it's right up there let me me put that up there right there real quick So yeah, we had some we had some experience in that. And like I, I did learn a lot from Eddie, you know, all that knowledge too. And as a, as a young man growing up, and him teaching me all the, the ins and outs of the roads, you know, in the service. So um, I, th- I think I had a pretty good pretty good life up until now. Now I'm going to school to be uh, cyber warfare. So um, if anybody has any bad comments, nice. I'll go ahead and hack into their computers and fix that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, appreciate, I, appreciate. I, I'm, I like the, I like the sound of that. <laughs> Matter but yeah, fact, that's if about you want it. To, you can hack into my, my student loans and um <laughs> take care of I'll, I'll hack in. To, you know, I'll hack in and fix y'all T-Mobile internet. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes to make it work. <laughs> All right, TT has been really good so far. Okay, now that's your second shot at TT now. <laughs> TT, the comments he has made. I know you watching and listening. The comments he has made are his own and not mine. We love you over here. <laughs> Anything else you want to ask? Um, no, I think I got that. For, let's give right now. I'll, I'll be having questions. You know me. My mind just flows. <laughs> okay, so I want to deal with homosexuality in the church, and I'm trying. I've been. Racking my brain as to how to like dive into this conversation, and I figured I'm gonna do it like this. We're just gonna talk. Like I'm not really necessarily gonna ask any questions per se right off the top. It's just, 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 just conversation. And so it's kind of more like so. As you were talking when when we were IMing back and forth about about this topic and about who you are and things like that, um, we we were kind of coming to the mindset of 
you're, you're different in your approach and some of your ideologies, even as you said in, in, in the intro, uh, than a lot of the community. So my first question in terms of the conversation is, uh, why does it seem like, or why do people think, that's the better way to say it, why, do, why does it seem like people think that you all are just kind of monolith? Like, like you all have to think the same. I mean, everybody in the community is an individual person, but yet because you're a part of this different type of community, you all must think the same and, and, and deal the same. So to even have to ha make the statement that you don't think like the, like the mainstream of them do, it's kind of weird to me only because I recognize that you are an individual. You're going to have different thoughts and processes from your own life experience. Why is it that there seems to be that stigma that you all are the same, one of the same, and think the same. No, I, I, I think it does. Um, I think it stems from a lot just because, you know, e well, even the letters themselves, LGBTQ, you know, they keep adding stuff. I think there's an I on it now. But, you know, even that stuff, they kind of group us all into yeah, one community, which I'm, which I'm fine with. But, you know, even within that community, there are different, you know, different stuff going on, different prefaces, different um, things that can move from one part of the spectrum all the way to the other. So, you know, me and a, a transgender, although, you know, we, there's, when it comes to preferences, we actually don't have a lot of common as, as far as that now, but we're still grouped in the same category. And I think what Jesse, what you're saying is kind of like groupthink, where I think, um, cause what we see a lot of the mainstream media and, you know, stuff like if you criticize that community, um, you get branded as, you know, anti this, anti that, anti LGBT, and so it's kind of hard to criticize the community in that way because instead of having constructive conversation, you just get branded almost like um, the Jewish community as well. You know, if you brand Israel, criticize that community, oh, you're anti-Semite. Well, no, I'm not anti-Semite. I'm not anti-LGBT. In fact, I'm part of community. So how can we have a discussion that gets somewhere and kind of meet in the middle on a lot of our opinions? Because if you talk to conservatives, Democrats, whatever, whatever your ideology is, there is commonalities that you that you will find. And really, every community. Mm -hmm. And so, there, there's a lot of things that that I don't like, and I kind of distinguish myself with. I know on one of your shows we were talking about like uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, how he made the LGBT community angry with some of his comments, and one mm -hmm. of those things where, you know, because I, I I personally don't take offense to anything he said to that community, but there are some who do, and so that's one of the things when I like when I say I differentiate myself, that's one of the things because. One, number one, you're, you know, comedians, you can't take everything seriously, but it, it was so serious. I don't know if you guys saw that video where he was on stage. I forget what city he was on stage, but somebody had tried to come mm -hmm. up and, and punch him. And security, security you, if you guys didn't see it, I encourage you to watch it. But security got to him and they, it oh, almost looked like they took his arm off. That. Yeah, it looked like they took his arm off and put it back on <laughs> or he or she, whoever it was. But that type of stuff shouldn't really be tolerated. Right. And it's almost like you can't criticize the, that community, our community without repercussions. And that's not how it should be. And that's not the message that that I represent is is to say those things or to, to commit violence, you know, upon those put anybody just for having an opinion. And one of those things is, you know, even the um, the social media communities have stuff like that. I was I was looking at one of his things and said, uh, you know, when they slapped Will Smith, they said, um, um, Dave Chappelle, you're next. 
right? And that type of stuff, and they kept it on there for a while, and that type of stuff was threats from the community that he wouldn't tolerate that from anybody else. But from our community, we kind of get a pass, and that's not right. Any type mm -hmm. of violence, no matter who you're from, should not be tolerated. So that's why I like to distinguish myself from that type of stuff, because I don't agree with it, and people really shouldn't be doing it. Um, but go ahead, Jesse. You had you had something else. I was going to get into uh, some other stuff. <laughs> but well, before like, I go down too far in the rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, trust me. The, the Real Talk Podcast. That's what we, we, we are known for rabbit holes. So you oh, good. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, even with you mentioned the Chappelle thing, the thing that angered me about the entirety of uh, the Dave Chappelle controversy was that it seemed like nobody really listened to what he actually said. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan, so I'm going to listen anyway. I like his comedy because he's a different type of comic. The entirety right. of that special wasn't him bashing at all. It was a tribute to someone he had met that had been just so wonderful to him, a trans person that was so wonderful to him he, that when they passed, it affected him so severely. And, they, and that person was a part of the comic community. That person was a comedian. And so it was a tribute. And, he, and his thought processes were things that nobody wants to actually have conversation about. Me and my wife, we were, we were in the car yesterday and we were having that same type of discussion. The issue is, is that we have all of these things, these questions, these misunderstandings, these whatevers, and nobody's allowed to have the conversation asked. Like she had right. the question, I'll ask it for you that way, you don't have to ask it. She had the question, and I don't know if you can answer it or not, but she was like, what's the difference between gay and queer? Like they are, they're, they're used in different contexts, but nobody will tell you what the difference is so that you can accurately be able to say, okay, I understand it, so now I know this person is queer, this person is considered gay. Nobody talks about the difference. Do you even know what the difference is supposed to be between the two? No, I, I, I a lot of those, like I said, they keep adding letters to the to, to that title, LGBTQI. You know, pretty soon we're gonna have the whole alphabet. We just need to take the whole alphabet, and here, here you go. But, but your question with gay and queer. I actually don't know the difference. To me, it's the same. And so, but, you know, you go to other people, they may say something's different. You know, we have the cisgender type of stuff right now, which I don't even fully, are you cis male, cis female? What do you identify as? I don't even have the answer to that. Uh, maybe I'm one of those old school in the community <laughs> where all the young folks have these new hip <laughs> terms, but I don't. Hey, look, my term is I like whoever I like. I don't, you can put a label on it, but, you know, I, you know, leave it at there. But I did want to address something. Um, uh, Jesse, Eddie had asked me about, I don't know if you have, mm -hmm. can put it up yep. about um, the, the transgender model. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, so Eddie, your question, do you feel that is white patriarchy driving the trans, transgender media model? I do. I do think that has a lot to do with it. I think it's, um, I think a lot of it is, is a distraction of, you know, what's, the real issues that are going on. And so, you know, because we use a lot of cultural stuff in the media now to try to set an agenda. And this agenda that I don't agree with. I'm not like, I'm not on board with this. Just because you attach me to this May title does not mean I'm moving in y'all. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Because Cause I got a question with this question. For those who have no idea what he's talking about when he says the transgender media model, can you give give understanding to that? Because I'm, I'm, be honest, I'm over here like, this would be a great question to answer, but I have no idea even what that is. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the um, 
we talk about transgender media model, I think it's just the media kind of kind of going back to what I was saying about um, kind of it, it's almost like you have to fit. You have to agree with this group or you have to go along with this group. Otherwise, um, you're branded as anti LGBT. So like the transgender community, the media, you know, they've been pushing a lot of the stuff where, you know, transgender should be on the same teams, play, play the same sports. They could they should be considered, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, it's one of those things where that's something I don't agree with if, as a transgender um, if you want to, if you're transitioning between male and female, whatever the case may be, I, you're, biologi you're biologically set with what you're born with. And so those type of things, you have certain advantages that like in certain sports, right? If you're born a male, transition to a female, you still have traits that are different from females. Now, I'm not going to say whether it's better or worse, but you do, you do have traits that are different. And no matter what type of surgery or hormones you take, you're always going to have that innate uh, normal ability. Now, the trans media model is that, oh, they should be included. You know, they're transgender. That's exactly female. They should be in included in every female thing, sports activity, stuff like that. And so that's the kind of narrative that we're seeing from the media. And it's one that, you know, if, if you don't agree with it, you're wrong and you're you're anti whatever, whatever. And so that's one of the things like I, I, I like to push back on where is I make a di big difference between those things because you're not you're, you're different. Now, if you want to be called whatever, I'm going to call you that. But when it comes to sports and stuff like that, I think those should be different categories. But the media does like to push that to normalize it where it said, no, you transition to female, you're a female, and that's it. Female sports, everything, and it's different. Okay. So now let's get into the meat of the scenes, the, 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 the conversation that most people are waiting to see how I handle. Because I know, I know some folk, they, they are just sitting on the edge of their seat. Oh my God! Uh, what is Jesse and Falana gonna say? What are they gonna do? So let's let's just start. Let's just start off. Let's just dive into the deep end. Uh, <laughs> what is what would you say is personally your biggest issue with the church? My my biggest issue with the church, and <laughs> I, I don't like to say <laughs> I don't like to say a full blanket thing because a lot of churches, mm -hmm. depending on how they're run, they can be different or you know. It's it's one church doesn't it's not one size fits all. Uh, what what I don't like is that um, a lot of the times what I what I've noticed just growing up is is people like to follow what's convenient for them to follow, and so on one hand you know I get a lot of stuff where say yo hey, hey that's a sin and you shouldn't be doing that but on the other hand they're doing something else behind you know behind closed doors um, that's a sin as well. But since it's not convenient to follow, it's easier to, to point you out and say, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. And I don't like the whataboutisms, but it's just like, OK, if, if your if your stuff isn't all the way. Some clean, then you shouldn't be criticizing everyone else, because at the end of the day, you know, according to the church, it's not up to us to judge one another. It's up to that to whoever's up there to judge us. And so that's what I don't like is kind of the kind of the judgments that, you know, come from a lot of the church. And like I said, it's not all. A lot of a lot of churches are welcoming and have that, you know, atmosphere to welcome everyone, you know, have that message that God loves everyone. But some are just, you know, I, I go to um, uh, some of the some of the the pride, you know, the pride. So this month is LGBT month, June. Right. Pride and so you have all these mm -hmm. pride parades and stuff like that. And every time I go, I see stuff. I didn't go this year, but every time I go, I see stuff, you know, God hates F words. I'm not gonna say it because Facebook. You know, they they kind of iffy on that. Facebook will shut us down for that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God hates F words. You know, this have those signs up and chanting and all that other stuff. And it's just like, okay, we know if, if I dive into your closet, 
what skeletons you hiding and you up here talking about us mm -hmm. right. so that's that's my issue with with some of the church thing i hope i answered your question jesse you did you did um because you're absolutely right it, 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 uh, <laughs> the way that the church handles and actually this part of my message was today when i was dealing with uh the portion dealing with how we are supposed to love like the way we deal with other people in general not just the lgbtq plus ia com community but just other people in general is not godlike now the 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 dichotomy of the situation is my job is to love you but my job is also to call what the word of god calls sin sin now you're right at the same time yeah there's a there's I, I cannot be so judgmental that I'm not looking at my own stuff and, and, and trying to cover my own stuff. Because what generally happens with people is what they'll do is, we'll point to yours so no one looks at mine. Right. And we weigh sin out and say, okay, your sin is bigger than mine. That's not how it's supposed to be. Like, right. I have faults. I got a lot of them. A lot of my faults you can't regularly see. Which is what most people's faults are. You don't regularly get to see. You don't. The curtain's not pulled back over their lives. When you are part of the of the community, it's out there because it's part of the expression. If you're a male and you are a homosexual male, you go hold another guy's hands. I can't hide that, right? That does not give me the right to call your sin sin and leave mine alone. It also doesn't give me the right to condemn you. I'm supposed to love you. Hate the sin, love the sinner. And we have gotten that so messed up, so twisted, where we no longer do that. We condemn the sinner and the sin and drive the sinner away in order to make our own selves feel better. And, and so that's why I felt like this conversation was so important uh, because let's be honest, church folk, there are more homosexuals in the church running around than what we like to admit. The running joke among most black comedians is if it weren't for homosexual men, we wouldn't have choirs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I grew up in the I, and I grew up in the culture church and I've seen a whole lot of them in different churches. It's the truth. Some of the most flamboyant over the top ones are in the church. And as long as they are profitable for you, you leave it alone. But the moment it's not profitable for you oh my god there's a sin they going there that's not how we're supposed to do yes i call the sin i'm supposed to call sin for uh, and, and so y'all understand i'm not i'm not skirting and dancing around the issue yes as a pastor as a man of god as a christian i praise ministries i teach homosexuality is a sin but you know what else i teach gluttony is a sin for all y'all fat people out there who overeat <laughs> you know what else i also teach Gossip is a sin for all y'all people who can't stay off of the phone talking about everybody else's business. Disobedience is a sin. The fact that you ain't doing what God told you to do when he told you to do it. And I give no weight to it. No sin is greater than the other. So on top of that, let me go ahead and hit this real quick. I'll let you or my wife jump in. Um, also, please understand, church folk, y'all do know you can be saved and be gay. You, do, you can't be saved to be a part of that community. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe it, you got liars who you say are saved. You got folk who've been fornicators who you say are saved. Oh, they just struggling with sin. Well, same thing. 
Sometimes you have a stronghold you can't get rid of. It ain't my job to get you to get rid of the sin. My job is to love you through it. And if you say you saved according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, you are saved. My job is to help you deepen your relationship with God. And I let the anointing destroy the yoke. If he does. Because if y'all remember, Paul said, I got a thorn in, this, in my flesh that I can't get rid of. And I cried out and God said, my grace is sufficient. We don't know what that thorn is. So I don't know if he was loving men or if he was a liar or if it was a physical thorn. I don't know. All I know is while he had it in his flesh. God said, my grace got you. So why don't we extend that same thing? I'll shut up. Y'all go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think that we always, especially, and in, in, so I've only been, I've been to a couple of white churches, but primarily it's us in the black community. Like we are so problematic when it comes to these conversations. Mm -hmm. At my big old age of 46, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm just not have, like having the ability to open have this conversation like so okay I'm going to say something and some people are going to be shocked and if you put a comment on here that needs to be asked a question I needs to be asked come from my wife person. and see what happened I promise you right so because there's a lot of people who don't know and I purposely do that out of respect for her like it's not that I've ever denied who she is or our relationship mm -hmm. it is just out of respect because I don't want people coming at her so for those who don't know I actually have two daughters i have we have ashley and then i have another daughter who is sala and sala is transgender so it took a long time for me to not be open because of the fact that she is trans it is for the simple fact is i didn't raise her i had her in my 20s i was young going through a whole lot we could talk about mental health at another time, but just going through a whole lot, and I didn't raise her. So out of respect for her, I don't openly broadcast it until she's ready to have this conversation publicly. Mm -hmm. um, but if you see us, <laughs> you know that she came from my flesh. <laughs> cannot be denied. It cannot be denied. Like, every, like, we make, like, biologically, we make clones. We don't make, we make clones. Um... And it when I it's up until now recently that people are openly people like my age or I graduated that also have children who are a member of the community or who are trans who are who live a different lifestyle other than we do and that they're just not being open. And I was like, that's a dang shame that we can't even have the conversation. Like, why is it in the black community? We can't even have that conversation like black is a monolithic thing like mm -hmm. like we can't. Believe what you believe, love who you love, but at least let us be able to have the conversation. Like, and I understand that, like, sometimes some of the way that we, that we have the conversation is offensive. It's offensive. Like, but that's because we, we lack an understanding. It's, it's kind of like the words. A lot of the, look, a lot of the stuff in the Bible, especially when it comes to, like, women. <laughs> look, being a woman, some of that stuff, and I'll be like, I bet you I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, my husband, he, he lift a hand to me. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> I bet you I don't. <laughs> and some of that stuff is in the word. Um, but we don't ever get a chance to have the conversation. Like, or it's negative conversation. Like, we, had, we previously had a member of the church who was, she was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how she identified. And, I, and she came, and when she first met, when I first met her, I was like, hey, hey, hey. 
I don't care about none of that. What I see right now is a person who's hurting, and just let me be here for you. The rest of the stuff we'll address when need to be. But that that is not that is not your biggest issue at this moment. <laughs> I care nothing about that. <laughs> My issue is that someone hurt you, and I need you to get the help that you need for you so you can be healed and be made whole, and there would be justice. Like, I want justice. I'm from the old school part of the Bible. I want justice. <laughs> I need people who have done wrongdoing and I shall to pay the, the price. <laughs> With furious anger, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm like, you got the wrong one. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm Old Testament as far as that goes. I'm, I'm, I'm the right one. Don't, don't negatively come at somebody who I love in front of me. As soon as you say something, you got a problem because now your problem is not my problem. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a so good like, point, Philanda. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's a good point. Philanda. No, no. Go ahead. I, go ahead, I think, go ahead. I think it's because um. You know, in the, in the African-American community, I think we're a lot more judgmental on each other than a lot of other communities are. And so a lot of times, you know, a lot of people do hide that because it's one of those things where um, we're so judgmental that it's kind of like, and like, and like, and like Jesse said, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you see kind of out in the open, right? Because you, you can, you got the eye, you can look at someone and say, oh, yeah, they, they part of the community. Right. You can just see that. And so it's kind of out there in the open. But yet it's still we're still, you know, it's still being hidden because it's very taboo and it's very a lot of people are judgmental to it. And so I think that's one of the reasons, you know, it's so prevalent in the African community is because and we have a lot of, you know, even 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 married people, you know, DL, all that type of stuff going on, you know, do, doing that type of stuff. And it's so taboo and, and judgmental that it's, it's just hidden. We keep it out and we kind of, you know, just keep it closed in to ourselves. And then another thing is, too, once people do come out in the open, it's just like that's who their title is. Oh, that's, you know, that's that's Eric. He's gay. Well, OK, but I'm more than that. Right. I have other interests. I have mm -hmm. other likes. I like different type of stuff. You just put me in a box. Yeah, he's that's that's it. That's we summed him up. <laughs> or we summed her up. She's a lesbian. That's we that's her that's her summary. Okay, well she's more than that. They're more than that. They're a transgender. Okay, they're more than that. What else do they do? What else what else um how do you engage with them to make them feel like um you're not judging them or you're having these uh, preconceived notions of who they are or who they might be. And so that's one of the things and really just talking about it. Like Falani you were saying we don't talk about it. Just talking about it um is is going to go a long way with 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 talking about this and coming to the realization so you know we can better understand this community and the community can better understand other people and like i said a lot of times we talk about it and we kind of come meet in the middle somewhere some middle ground till we say okay i understand what's going on with you you understand what's going on with me and so let's how do we move on from here but right now we're not there yet cuz we don't even we don't even want to talk about it we just we know what goes on but Hey, I saw I saw Eric the other day, and he looked. Yeah, we know, but we ain't gonna say nothing. We'll whisper to each other about it, but we're not gonna say anything. So, and I, we, and it's like, how do we get to a point where we are starting to talk about it, where we do bring it to light and just stop being hidden? I mean, honestly, it's 2023. If there's a time to talk about it, let's talk about it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Facts. Like, so, I, I'm gonna voice a frustration. In in, in uh. uh <laughs> In, in the no, it's it's something I've I've said in private circles, but never necessarily publicly. 
and, and Eddie, I'm gonna come to your last three comments because all three of them I really like. Um, so, I need the community to understand the uh, correlation between statement, acceptance, and time. What I mean by that is, so let's say you and I have been friends for like 20 years, right? And in year 19 of our friendship, you tell me, oh, by the way, Jesse, I'm, I'm gay. I've known you for 19 years before that. Give me a moment to be able to process what you have told me so that I can begin to react and adjust accordingly. Don't judge me by my first reaction because it's normally out of shock because I didn't know this. You had 18 years prior to the time you told me to wrestle with whether or not you are or not and then wrestle with, okay, I'm going to finally start telling people, okay, now I'm going to tell Jesse. Like, you had all that time to process this, and now you're comfortable enough with it to say, give me some time. Give, give, me, give me some time. And I feel like that with not only the gay community, but also the trans community is, is an issue which causes a lot of the offense and a lot of the back and forth because there is this expectation of, okay, I am, so you have to just deal with it. Give me a second. Like, uh, we, we were talking in the car, and I made the statement where I said, Let, let's be honest. This thing has just started to come to the forefront over the last 10 years or so. This wasn't a mainstream forefront type of thing. I'm old enough to remember where when it, when it wasn't. Like it I grew up in this in the 80s and in the 90s. In the 90s we were saying the F word was acceptable more acceptable acceptable than white folks saying the N word back in the 60s and in the 50s. Like it was it was a flow out of your mouth real easy kind of thing. And so I, I, I seen the progress and progression towards, okay, no, that's unacceptable. And, I'm, and that's right. It's unacceptable to say those things. But please, give me some time. I, it's not my fault. This is where some folk probably won't get upset with me and Facebook leave me alone. It is not my fault that because you're saying that you are, are, are now identifying as a woman, that you still have all of these male traits, I slip up and call you him. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean no disrespect. But I got 42 years on this earth, and in 42 of those years, every time I met someone who looked like a dude, they told me there was a dude. Now I have to learn that that's not always the case, and I'm okay with learning that that's not always the case. And church folk, please understand, it is not about Bible versus not Bible to call a trans person what they want to be called, him or her, whichever. It's not, it's not about Bible. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about respect. Mm -hmm. We saw years ago, anybody who remembers the show, The Preachers of L.A., there was a conversation on the show with this white pastor. I cannot remember his name. I really wish I could remember his name. He had a member who was trans and was getting ready to transition. I believe he was a him and then transitioning to a woman. I believe if memory serves correctly. And she had stepped away from the church and he found a way to get her to have a conversation with him. So they met somewhere, they'd have this conversation and she tells him what her new name is. 
And he keeps calling her by her new name. And she's like, I'm surprised you're doing that. He said, this is a respect thing. If this is what you want to be called, this is what you want to be called. I can't win you until I show you respect. How can I show you the love of Christ, but I don't respect you? So church folk, it's, it, that, that thing is about respect. So if you want to be called a female and you look like a dude, I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. Just give me some time to get adjusted to it. Because I'm not adjust. Every time I say it's not out of maliciousness, it's not out of hatred, it's not out of out of phobia. First of all, I hate. Can I also say I, I hate the term phobia at the end of that. I hate when people say people are homophobic. Um, phobia by definition means a fear of. It's not really about hatred. It's about fear, and so it's a whole different thing. They need to come up with a whole other term for people who who have hatred for that community because it's not homophobia. Homophobia is a fear, but that's a whole other story. Anyway. I'm not operating out of a hatred for you. I'm operating out of ignorance. I don't know you. I just seen you, and you look like this. All you looks like a lady. I'm sorry. I, it's not my fault. Correct me, and then we can have the discussion, and I will do what you asked me to do. But I feel like if you could, if 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 time could simply be applied, the grace of time the offense wouldn't seem as often, and you could really rule out, you could really begin to start to see and rule out who was doing this out of hatred and maliciousness and stubborn stupidity, and who was doing this out of sheer ignorance. Because the more you do, the more you see it, the less ignorant you become, and so the more you become accustomed to, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say. And then you start to see all of that slip out of, the, out of their vernacular, and they're normal, they, they react like they're supposed to react. And then there's going to be those idiots who don't, and you'll be upset. Okay, you're the ones. But everybody gets mixed into that batch because we're not willing to have the conversation. Like, it's, it's, it's needed to have. Um, Eddie asked a question that I can't answer. Not, I, I'm, uh, it, really because it was more addressed towards you since you are not the spokesperson for the community, but you're the only member of the community <laughs> Look, we have. The, <laughs> yeah, don't put me in that. <laughs> I am not the spokesperson. <laughs> They, they would take away right. my cards so fast. <laughs> <laughs> he asked this question, which is an interesting question. Um, he asked, do you think trauma is an, is an exciting point for the LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, that's a good question, Eddie. I, and I think, I think so. Um, I, I think a lot of it because, you know, a, another, another question is why, why does this happen? Why is it so prevalent? Um, especially amongst, you know, black churches and whatnot. And I think several reasons is because of that trauma, something that happened in, um, so I, some people are just born with it. I believe that, um, as well, but I think other, other certain things because somebody had trauma and not just with somebody was abused. It could be like a, a, a mental trauma or something that happened in their life where they're looking for something outside of the norm or what we consider, what society considers to be the norm. And so a lot of traumatic events can trigger um, that type that type of stuff. For me, for for me, for instance, ironically, we're talking about you know the church and how this happened. I, I start it started for me in the church, right? At a, at a very young age, I didn't know anything about it, and somebody mentioned the choir. Yeah, it was one of the choir boys, and so it's one mm -hmm. of those things where you know it it happens. Um, uh, whether they were abused or, or whatnot, they lost a, a relative, and so they're looking for some type of comfort. And different people looking for different type of comforts in different things, whether it's, you know, food, um, 
uh, drugs, that type of thing, and somebody's just looking to reach to be loved or have attention from somebody else, and if not getting it from what society deems is the appropriate gender, then they'll reach across the aisle for another gender. And I think a lot of that does happen as well. So that's a good question, Eddie. He also said, I, I think the judgment comes, I posted, I put it up before, I'm put it up again. I think the judgment comes from the fact that blacks until 100 years ago didn't have control over their own sexual practice and activities. Anybody who knows me has always, has, <laughs> whenever Eddie's on the podcast, I always remind them, I promise you, you're going to get some black history facts when you talk with Eddie, but they're always accurate and they're always on point. So please, just a quick little random shout out. Please make sure you, you, you subscribe to the Erudition Network and, and listen to Eddie's podcast. I believe it's every Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure y'all listen to him. He, he deals with black history and he deals with our, our history in a way that's not taught in schools. He'll give you truth. He'll give you backup and he'll give you insight philosophical insight to help you understand what's going on and the fact that we didn't have control over our own sexual practice and activities for hundreds of years because we were basically we were we were a commodity we yes. were no more than cattle to them so it wasn't like they thought of us having thought human preferences or anything we were meant to reproduce strictly so that they can keep their product going they can keep their plantations going so we can we were no more than like cars mm -hmm. <laughs> and you happen to need two cars to make together to make more cars <laughs> and, and, and that's that, that, that is very important go ahead sir i'm sorry go ahead no i was gonna say that that's a really good point i never even really thought of that uh, thank you eddie for that comment because yeah it happens i mean we talk about slave owners we think of you know, a lot of the stuff, look at Thomas, hell, so many black people with the last name Jefferson. But a lot of a lot of that stuff right. happens not only with the female side of the house, but also the male side of the house. So that type of, you know, that activity, especially if that's all you know, is kind of passed down from generation to generation. So that's an excellent point. And I didn't even think about that, but that probably does have a lot of impact as well. He also made a statement, which I, I, I also love because it's very true. Black folks often align their sexual beliefs with what society, with what the society days deems, I think is what he probably Deem. meant to say, mm -hmm. with what the society deems is acceptable. And I don't think that's just, that's just uh, uh, exclusive to black folks. I think that's people in general. Whatever is deemed acceptable for that day and time, that's what we go with. So... Let me take it away from homosexuality for a second to help the and and really just mess folk up. Um, y'all, for for anybody who's who's forty and over, y'all y'all remember a time when when saying openly that you like conolingus. See how I cleaned it up. Yeah, I, I, I was wasn't going to, but good I feel job, like we good did. Good job. <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was a nasty thing. You you didn't, especially when you was black. black oh, that's from white folks too. We don't do that nasty stuff. That, mm. We, you we, don't put th your that was on nobody. What's yeah. wrong with you? You don't do stuff like that. <laughs> and fellatio? Oh, that was a that was oh. a white woman did. You 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 a black woman would tell you in a heartbeat. You go to a white woman and get just and get that. What the heck is wrong with you? That that's what would happen. And this ain't this is in my lifetime. And then somewhere along the way, like early two thousands, I believe it was, somebody was like, I love to do it. 
And then it became this popularized thing, and now everybody's talking about they loved fellatio and conolingus. It is one of the things. Now, I always have loved it. I, well, I'm sorry, not we, because I ain't doing there's certain parts I'm not putting my mouth on. But <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm coming to the next one. But I, I love, I've always loved conolingus. I, I'd love to do. It. I, I didn't need no rapper to tell me that, but it was something that was unacceptable in our community. Now, uh, now all of a sudden, um, grocery eating. There we go. Is yeah. the thing. <laughs> if you ask somebody in 2002. Do they eat groceries? Heck no. You might get punched in the face. Now, 2023, doing it and getting it done to you is a thing. Now, I ain't there, and I ain't going to be there. I'm still old. I'm in conlingus inflation and receiving fellatio and giving conlingus those of as far as I go. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I don't put my my mouth where exit only is. But now that is something that is acceptable. So, but that's not just a black thing. That's a that's a every that's a every person thing. That our society as our society wanes and has ebbs and flows with what with what the standards are, we go with it. And I think that because of that, well, we have this 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 combat right now because we are in a place where we have two different generations still alive and that's where the conflict is my generation is still alive <laughs> and in my generation <laughs> sorry yeah, I, I, Eddie <laughs> Eddie's playing your role today Eric Eddie said today they're eating groceries today they're eating groceries and the packaging <laughs> um, but we have two different generations that are still alive today so we have my generation where all of this was deemed unacceptable and we have this new generation who says, no, it is. And they're still, they're, they're now clashing. Whereas before, the, the, the ebb and flow of, of what society deems acceptable and, and the things like that, it generally didn't start turning until the older generation was mostly dead. Mm-hmm. We're alive. And so there's this conflict of, yo, that's nasty. Yo, that's wrong. And we, we're attacking it in a horrible way. Whereas... The, the newer generation is like, no, 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 it's not nasty at all. And you're just old and, and, and a fuddy-duddy and stuck in your ways. And you don't know nothing and you're ignorant and you're homophobic or you're racist or you're whatever. And nobody's also taking into, taking into the account the context of I am a product of my era. I, people do need to learn. I'm not excusing the fact that people need to learn better. But you also have to take into account where they come from. I don't expect somebody from France to understand all the nuances of American culture. They hear I expect yep. them to learn it eventually, but I give them time. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good point, Jesse. And one of the things that, um, you know, this is probably going back a, a long time, but uh, for instance, you know, because I, I, I got a lot of family members who, who don't identify one way or the other, but, you know, you know, behind closed doors, it has some, some, some stuff going on as far as, you know, hey, you want to get somebody else to come up in here? And usually it's pretty, you know, a lot of because there's a big stigma on, um, you know, having because it's, it's cool to have if you male, female and oh, the guy wants another female to come in. You know, so a lot of people think that's cool. That's 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 the new thing. That's that's yeah, that's good. That's good. But, you know, with the male, it's like, oh, no, mm I don't want that. You know, when we look at, you know, like uh, Will Smith and Jada Pickett, you know, we 
swinging couple, that type of stuff. A lot of that mm-hmm. stuff goes on, you know, behind closed doors with people that don't identify one way or the other, but they do invite those type of um, uh, behaviors or that type of lifestyle into their home behind closed doors. And so that's another thing that's um, one of the things that's not really talked about. It happens so often, but nobody wants to talk about it. Because we've made discussion and transparency and truth extremely taboo. I need you to live the truth I'm comfortable with, not your actual truth. Mm -hmm. And people who live their actual truth, we deem them all kinds of crazy ways. Will Smith and Jada, they, they had been demonized for having... What people assumed was an open relationship. Nobody really ever knew, but people just assumed they have an open relationship, and so they must be doing this. And, and, and because they're, they, we assumed that they were swingers, they're, they're this, they're that, and the third, and everybody had an issue with it. And then it came to light that, yeah, they kind of do. Now we act shop away. Well, this is the thing that y'all been accusing them of for 15 years, and now we find out that, yeah, they kind of do. And you're like, oh, my God. But... It's now because we shame you when we assume it and then we shame you when you live it openly. As opposed to sitting down and having the conversation. Well, actually, before having the conversation, how about mind your own business? How about that? (laughs) How about if you just mind your own business, you won't have all of these problems. Because I didn't care whether or not Jada and Will were swinging. I don't care who's doing what in whose bed as long as it ain't in mine. I care what goes on in my bed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And ain't nobody gonna know what goes on in my bed unless me and or my wife decide to sell the videotapes. And they gonna be expensive. Oh, no, oh they gonna be expensive. It's expensive. Because they, they, they <laughs> look, I do. Listen, listen. You pull see it, the, pull you it see back, the podcast sir. production here. We put on so we got we lights, camera, action. Pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> What's, it, what's the name? Uh, 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 Kim Kardashian. I promise she ain't got nothing on us. Her production quality ain't got nothing on us. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's because like, I, and I'm glad we, like I'm glad and it's kind of a bad thing. And, and at the same time that we've gotten to the point where like everybody, everybody, especially with the social media, everybody, puts all of your business out there and then you get mad once people start asking questions like i think like we're at that place now where like we're open which is great let's let's be open let's have dialogue but the way sometimes it gets presented like you you be like wait a minute what (laughs) and i i think for me and like going back to my like my own experience when sala first came out Mm -hmm. probably should just say she uh it's okay (laughs) Um, when she first came out to me, my first question was, I'm like, well, uh, how do you know? Because to me, and that wasn't a, like, this is a bad thing. And I think that's how it was perceived. It was a genuine, like, hey, like, have you had any life experience? Like, because you're a kid. Like, so, and oh, here we go. Some people about to be shocked. Um but so like I had a relationship with a woman at one point in my life. Like I don't identify one way or the other. Um, but at one point in my life, I'm, I'm like, so, hey, how do you know? Have you had an experience and you know, hey, I like this. Ugh. And this is where I'm going from going forward. 
but it got blown out of proportion and i guess because i'm older and I, I could see that. I could see that. I definitely could see that. Like, that it was a judgment question when it was just a legit question. Like, hey, like, is this for you? Like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, have you tried everything? Do you know in your heart of heart that this is who you are? Because especially as a black man, like, like, as, like when it comes to black men, yeah, I feel like y'all get it the worst. Like, if you're a white gay man, it is nothing. Like they'd be like, oh, well, that's that's their thing, and that's something. But black people, like we're being born black male is already hard enough. Like they make it so hard on 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 y'all as just being born, and then you adding something else on top of it, and then they just coming at y'all for like all of the wrong reasons. Like I I applaud you. Like, the don't ask, don't tell policy started mm-hmm. in the church long before the military. Long before. Like, that's I, that was clearly somebody that was churchy that mm-hmm. <laughs> made that into the government policy. Uh, somebody who had a choir director. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, but y'all have this so hard, and they, they act like that y'all choose to be this. Like, y'all want a difficult life. Have you had that experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's... And it's um. It is a lot harder for for African for us for African American males a lot harder, and one of the things you know it's like you make made up a good point. It's like why why nobody chooses for their life to be hard. You know, it's just it, it is what it is. We always want to come out of this and, and be successful and not be judged or have any hardships. But you know, especially yeah, you know, I I have a lot of strikes to to my or what would be considered strikes. You know, African American that's one, uh, uh, homosexual that's one. That's another one. I'm two strikes already, and my last strike. I'm looking at him right now. He's a, uh, he, he's a, uh, his, <laughs> his, he's a little light on the complexion. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. And so three strikes, you're out. And those, those are some issues that you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are those are a lot of issues that that people um, experience, and it's just like one of those things where, yeah, I don't, I didn't choose to have this, 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 this rough life i don't want to have this rough life and like you guys were saying what happens you do you you know and it's good to have that dialogue and that conversation because it's one thing it's one of those things why we bottle up and we do have these um as you guys would say i can't i, I won't say the say the word i'll say the the unalive rates there's a lot of unalive rates in, in this particular community because of those things right and so mm-hmm. yeah and so you know, just talking about it can bring those unalive rates down so people have that dialogue, that conversation, and can explore those topics and those – because interracial – I mean, just hard enough having just a, a straight couple in an interracial type type thing, that's hard enough. Let, expect, yeah, go one of your churches right. or a black guy a come in with a, with a white woman. The looks he's going to get, he's actually probably going to be just as hard judged, if not harder, than the LGBT community. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> be a preacher and have it happen. I, I did it. My my first wife was white. I, I did it. Be a preacher and, 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 and let it be white and see what happens. Yeah, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Look, our soon-to-be son-in-law is white, and we are still alive in the era where we have family members who are old enough to be like, mm, and why is she do? Because she love him, and you're not going to treat him. Right. I, I, I dare one of you to come here, Jacob. I swear. Like, we're going to have a problem up in here. I move furniture. <laughs> this is who she love. And this is who she gonna be with, and you you gonna accept right. it or you not invited? I'm not sharing my macaroni and cheese with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And so, yeah, and that's a good point. And it's almost like because, you know, not just not just one community, but, you know, multiple communities, because even even in my community, I walk in with some some white boy. You know, who who is this person? <laughs> why is why is he here? And I'm like, no, this is this is this is my partner. Oh, OK. OK, that's cool. Mm-hmm. No, it's not cool. You already made you. Are, but when you introduced yourself, you said you made it clear that it wasn't cool. And so and you're supposed to be in my own mm-hmm. community. Right. So this is the type of stuff. It's almost like a, a double a double jeopardy type thing is where you have to look out for those things and be aware, cognizant, because that stuff happens. And it's just like, again, you know, 2023, you would think that stuff would kind of die down, but a lot of it still goes on. So check this out here. We're going to do we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with some more of this conversation. And I'm going to open it up with a real controversial statement for, for the church to hear. Y'all ain't going to like me when we come back. I promise we'll be right back after these messages from Real Talk. When you look your best, you feel your best. When you look together, you feel together. Where do you go when you need the right accessories? You come see me. I have everything you need for the colors, for the classics, for the rings, for the bling, for every outfit, for your casual outfits, for your formal outfits, for your work outfits, for your hangout with your girls outfits. For your going out to dinner outfits. Anytime you need the accessories to add that bling to your life, come see me. I am Maya Jordan and I am the owner of Crown Jewel. You can find me on Facebook at Maya Jordan. That's M-A-Y-A. J-O-R-D-A-N and I am also on Instagram as Queen Elizabeth Jordan. So the next time you need some accessories or any kind of consulting, feel free to see me, inbox me, or catch one of my lives. Have a great evening. And we're back. We're back. Sorry, we were having a conversation in the middle of <laughs> Oh, probably heard all of that uh but we have a conversation in the middle of the the commercial Look, i wasn't paying talk, attention hey, to Jesse, how, what how, long, about- how much time we had left on the commercial and yeah just showed up this real talk we just <laughs> what happened to huh? my favorite commercial jesse what happened to that one my favorite one oh i, I oh no I, I i didn't forget that I, I'm, I'm saving that one for just oh, you get- before the banter i've been told too many times <laughs> i should have that in the middle of a serious discussion although i like it I like having it in the middle of a serious discussion. I think it works well. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I love that commercial. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to put an order in that uh, probably sometime next week from from that uh, in support. Mm-hmm, sure am. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I love the commercial. It's, it's coming back. It's coming back. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> as y'all can tell, we back. We back. <laughs> And so we are still talking about homosexuality in the church. And I heard a statement that you made, sir, that as a pastor, I'm supposed to disagree with. But I don't. And so I'm getting ready to take a lot of the church folk off. So all y'all church folk, get ready to clutch your pearls. Clutch your imaginary oh, you pearls that you bought you from J.C. followers, Jesse. Penny. 
because church folk don't really Ooh, like to spend the, a whole lot of money. Penny pearls? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, my members know. My my members already know, and if they don't know, that they leave. Hey, bye. I can. I, I I have no problem with folk leaving because of the truth. So the statement that you made, and you, you were making it in passing, so it wasn't really a major portion of your point, but you made it in passing, dealing with essentially people not really knowing whether or not they were born this way or not. And so the official stance of the body of Christ is that you can't be born that way. No, 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 no. This is a choice. You were not born that way. You can be born that way. Yes, you can. I know as a pastor I'm not supposed to say that, but yes, you can. And I'm going to talk from a spiritual perspective so you can understand that. So for all y'all church folk, you know, we, we talk about things like uh, generational blessing and generational curses, right? Well, because sin is a curse in itself, sin as a whole is a curse in itself. If you can be born in sin and shaped in iniquity, you can be born into anything that is sinful. Mm-hmm. You can be born as a child and be an alcoholic, but don't know until you take mm-hmm. your first drink at 21. Mm-hmm. You can be born as a liar and don't know it until you start speaking. You can be born all kinds of things in your DNA. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with the trauma, going back to Eric's question, although sometimes it is exacerbated by trauma. It doesn't have necessarily anything to do with, oh, I'm experimenting and maybe I, my, my heart was broken by the opposite sex, so I am turned off to the opposite sex, so let me try the same sex. Mm-hmm. It's not always that. Sometimes it's just in your DNA. Mm-hmm. And so my, my statement that I always tell people when I say, yeah, you can be born, born that way, but that's why Jesus said you must be born again. That's, that's, the, that's the dichotomy of it. So you can have this thing in you and be born that way. And, there's n- and that's what it is. It just is what it is. And the other side of that as well for church folk, let me hit you with this real quick. And then, Eric, I would love your response to everything I'm saying right now as well. Also, please understand, church folk, that even for those who come out of it, who are delivered from it, let me help you also understand that your deliverance doesn't necessarily mean Watch this. I'm really going to piss some church folk off. It doesn't necessarily mean your desire has stopped. I follow uh, this woman. Her name is Jackie Hill Perry, and she wrote a book called Good God, Gay Girl. Mm-hmm. And she was a believer, and for the most of her life, she lived her life as, you know, well, she identified, she identified then as a stud. Um, but she was saved and like in her book she talks about like her her transition and coming to reckoning with and really what like drew her back into the church because of course once she started dressing masculine the church was black church Mm -hmm. they weren't having none of that especially baptist where they want you in skirts all the time (laughs) it became a problem (laughs) but for her what drew her back into relationship with God. It's just somebody was like, hey, hey, hey. Somebody was like me. Like, hey, hey, hey. All that's all fine and dandy and I get all of that, but I see somebody who is hurting and I care about you. It was it was the same thing that we, we forget in the Bible. With love and kindness have I joined mm-hmm. We are so busy trying to like come up with ways to divide one another that people act like you just can't care about nobody no more. Like, and for her, for her, for her testimony is, 
It's like, hey, the thoughts never left her. Now, right now, she is married to a man. They have three children together. Um, but she was like, if you think that all of a sudden I woke up one day and I no longer desired a woman, you are absolutely out of your mind. <laughs> because that's not always what deliverance entails. Right. Sometimes the deliverance is that it no longer has power over you. The deliverance means that I no longer have to submit to the desire. I now have to build up my discipline to just walk away from the desire. Eddie mentioned something back, and I don't feel like, I'm going to be honest, Eddie, I don't feel like re-scrolling back for the comment, but you mentioned it, that sexual sin as a whole is a difficult thing that people struggle with in silence and in public all the time. It's a discipline thing. And so to think that just because, oh, they have been prayed and slathered with Crisco, I mean, blessed oil, and, and we didn't <laughs> laid hands and spit and spoken tongues and all that other stuff over them, and they say, now I'm saved, that all of a sudden that their desire has stopped. No, that's not always the case. Sometimes they're just building up their discipline, and they're going to fall in that discipline. Because to, to build up the discipline, you're going to fall in it because you have to learn your limitations when you're learning how to have discipline. Mm -hmm. Our job is to continue to love them through the process. But to say that, there, that, there, that there's no way that a person can be born gay, a person can be born trans and feel like they are in the wrong body and all that other type of stuff is incorrect. They can be absolutely born that way. It is, there is every biblical proof that that is the case. Because we are supposed to be born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Because you can be born into a sinful state as the moment you take your first inhale and exhale. That means everything that the Christian church sees as sin is on the table for you to be born in. Here's the truth, and then I'll shut up and I'll let you talk, Eric. Uh, the truth of the matter is most of y'all just ain't found what sin you were born into yet. It hasn't been been activated or they don't think it's a sin like there it is like being like you know my little my little trip my little un unwanted vacation <laughs> <laughs> um like I, w I was talking with someone and she was like yeah like my both of my parents were addicts and like this is now my struggle like it wasn't like that I that, that one day mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I'm going binge drinking and this is happening. Like, look, I watched them do this and I had my first drink at like 11. <laughs> and like, so here I am and I don't like this is not what I, I, I understand, like the effect that it has have on my life and on my children's life. And I'm working towards like trying not to let it. But when I tell you that the urge is strong, it's strong. <laughs> Eddie, the floor is yours. I'm sorry, Eric, the floor is yours. I was putting Reading up Eddie's, Eddie's comment, comment at the same time trying to talk to you. The Eric floor is yours, sir. No, I, I, I agree with uh, everything you guys just said, you know, especially uh, especially what um, – because, Jesse, you bring up a good good point because a lot of people don't, especially from the church, think, you know, everybody chooses to do this, that, and the other. But, you know, like you said, some people are just born with that, and, and that's one of the – in our community, that, that is something that, that's prevalent. I, I, like, I, like I do – agree with you on that is some people are just born with it and um you know that that's just who they are and who they have to go through to discover themselves and and discover uh what their journey is going to be in life so that is a good point and i think just having that conversation that understanding can really um uh, get people going in the to have those conversations and get people going in the right direction and be comfortable to talk about that stuff because 
uh, yeah, like you said, you you just hey, you choose to do that. Well, when, whenever you say that, you know, you automatically shut down the conversation. Conversation automatically shut down. And so, no, that's one of the things where uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because it is something that that needs to be said. And then um, uh, another thing, Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie is the, is the new beat today. Like, he put all these comments in chat, but no, they they he does bring up some good points because yep. it does say <laughs> <laughs> it it does say you know to 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 love one another, and so that's what we're supposed to do. I think we forget about that, and to love one another has become judge one another, and that's something that we need to 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 get off of. And that's something that we need to come to understanding to. And so mm-hmm. it's good that we're talking about it so other people can can spread the word and talk about it. Because we do. What I've noticed just having this conversation with you guys, we have so many people around us um, in these communities who go through these things. And because there's no one talking about it, they automatically get labeled. They go into a shell. They can't express who they are. They can't. They don't have anybody to talk to about it. And so they go through life not knowing um, how to express themselves, how to talk about those issues and so um no i agree with what you guys what you guys said so um let me see eddie's chat because he's he throwing a whole lot out there he's throwing a whole lot and i yeah, love yeah. it <laughs> let me let me hit this comment he, he said here which i loved <laughs> he said immorally lusting after a woman or a man is still sin by the definition of the church why do we place the homosexual act over the heterosexual I'll tell you why they do it. Oh, no, I'm going to let you talk first. Go ahead. Like, I I think, like, because it's the ones that make them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's the people who bring that stuff are the ones that make. So we, and I won't say the name of the church or the person, but you remember that one deacon that all the women would, like, steer clear away from? Mm -hmm. And that's acceptable. Like, you'll have some... You have you have pastors and deacons and ministers and this dude just be you you he is always touching people or in some in somebody's face and that's acceptable and nobody ever addresses that like like dude your 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 behavior is inappropriate like seriously touch one more chick up in here <laughs> that's okay but until it becomes one that they're uncomfortable with you can harass all the women you can have the the drummer having sex with the praise and worship leader you can and they fornicating and making babies nobody say nothing but the moment they get uncomfortable that's the one that we not we not gonna stand for this you stood for all this other mess that's happening (laughs) church get dramatic i'm like oh the stuff in here is happening and that's that's, that's, <laughs> well, and that's, that's the, good, the, the reality of it okay. is is this the reason no no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say that's good <laughs> the lag sorry but uh no that's that's the, that's a good point Philanda. you know one of the things that um <laughs> it is it is about people being uncomfortable like you said and it's one of those things where because people are uncomfortable um a lot of times people will use the church to hide behind that and say oh well that's a sin that's that's you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Well, you're the same person that's going, you got all these baby mamas going from house to house, and then you got a nerve to come over here judging mm-hmm. me because it's not, it's not because, mm-hmm. you want, it's because you want to hide behind the Bible, you want to hide behind the church, but in reality, you're just uncomfortable with my lifestyle, who I am. And so that's a great point that you bring up, Falana, because, you know, that that's one of the things I noticed, too, is people will hide behind the church when it's convenient for them to do so. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth. It's it's it, and, and 
let me, let me rephrase that because it makes it sound like I'm saying what you said ain't the truth, and that's not what I'm saying at all. Here's the truth: is is it's just a Jesseism. I say it all the time. Uh, so I so for those listening, I'm not saying that what he's saying ain't the truth. It's just something I say. Uh, but here's the truth of the matter. So what it ultimately winds up being, catch this, is it's not necessarily just who I'm comfortable with. And it's not even necessarily that they have an issue with your lifestyle. It's sexism. Mm -hmm. The church doesn't have a problem if the offense is against a woman because most of the church still has not recognized that women are not property. Mm-hmm. So the drummer, the deacon, the pastor, the, the whoever, they can screw over all the women they want and nobody say nothing because it's just a woman. If they are dealing with a dude, oh, no, that's not, not only is that unacceptable because the Bible says it's sinful, it's unacceptable because you're not supposed to screw over your own. You screw over the others. I just found out, I, found, this is, I think it's maybe about a week old now, but I just found out this week, the Baptist church, the Southern Baptist church, is holding a vote. I think they're supposed to be holding it this week. In 2023, the year of our door, 2023. Not to have women in leadership positions about in women the church. Pastors. Yep. That they will no longer recognize women pastors. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, it's 2023. Why are we still having this argument? Because women are not people in the church. And therefore, the homosexual man who stereotypically is supposed to have effeminate traits can't be a person either. It's, this is why lesbianism is more acceptable in the church and in society as a whole mm-hmm. than homosexuality because at least with one of the lesbians, one of them is supposed to be kind of the manish. So that's more acceptable than a man choosing, for lack of a better term, choosing to take on the effeminate role. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a sexism thing. And so it goes on in church this way because it's, it's sexism. I, I screw you over, but you better not deal with another dude. And if you're doing it, you're going to hell, not because it's sin, not because it's uncomfortable, but because you're not supposed to screw over your own. Mm-hmm. It's literally what I, I, I've been observing this thing. I've been in church all my life. So I've been observing this thing for 42 years. I promise you it is that way. Because if the drummer gets the praise of worship leader pregnant. The female praise of worship leader has to sit down. She's not allowed to serve, but the drummer can keep drumming. If the pastor gets a member pregnant, the member is shunned. The pastor gets to keep preaching. Look no for I got no I won't say his name. I almost don't, say his don't name. you say his name either. I won't go say <laughs> no, no, it's your favorite pastor. Oh, I won't no, go they, say his yeah. name. There's a pastor you who know, you is know. notorious, <laughs> who was notorious, because I just preached about forgiveness today too, so I won't, I won't hold him accountable and say he's still doing it, but he was doing just that, all the notorious for doing it. And he never had to sit down that once. Mm-hmm. And all the female members of his church that he was screwing they oh. got ostracized. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, she, she was acting fast. No, she was a child. <laughs> and it's, he was an adult. And it's <laughs> the cultural sexism. 
it's not it's it's the church has has been influenced by the world for that. Uh, uh, I was just telling Falana yesterday because she didn't because while while she was on her uh, her. Her um, involuntary vacation. Va- uh, vacation. <laughs> she uh, she missed the story where um, the rapper I C R S, whatever his his initials are, Y S L or Y S R. Yeah, that one. Things Y S R. Um, the, one of what these the initials people, they my, they, they're on my nerves as much as, as, as the little rapper. Supposedly right. friends or something like that. No, 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 no. Um, he he forcibly uh, kissed. Uh, sacrodosis or whatever her name is. I don't know. She has this long, unnecessary, ignorant name too. Um, there, she's at this press conference or whatever. He comes up behind her, starts rubbing her shoulders, and kisses her on the cheek, and she already don't want it. And as she's moving away from the kiss on the cheek, he bends her back and begins to kiss her. And wow. the internet kind of went crazy about it. And but because. She is the chick who whose song was talking about um, eat the back end, trying to keep trying to figure out ways to keep it as clean as possible so Facebook leave me alone. Uh, but that's the majority of, of of the song, and that's her most popular song. But really, she's talking about it being done to the dude, not the dude doing it to her. But anyway, um, her name is whatever that name is with the good stuff. That's so so people could somebody could look it up. They'll they'll know who she is. Um, and yeah, the video is horrible. I looked, I was like, God dog. And I was upset at the dudes who were next to her not doing anything. And then I came to realize, oh, it's because she's a female. Mm-hmm. Forget that she has a sexual persona, it's because she's a female. She gets to be treated less than because of sexism. And the LGBTQ plus IA community is kind of engrafted into that. Um, sexism argument because of how homosexual men and I hope I'm getting the title right, the transgendered women, the ones who were originally men and the transition to be women, uh, how they are perceived. It's not as egregious as transgendered men, women, those who were women transitioning to be men. Mm-hmm. They're not looked at as badly. The argument about the bathrooms wasn't about transgendered men. It's about transgendered women. The argument in society isn't about lesbianism. It's about gay men. They say gay and trying to act like it's all-encompassing, but anytime you hear modern-day media and even the church say gay, the example that they give is always about a dude. You never hear it about a female because of sexism. Their so, their objects are supposed to be that men are not. It's a, a a sexist kind of an issue and an argument, and it's messed up because of that. And and we as church folk, we shun the homosexual community, especially the gay male the gay male community, because how dare you decide. You don't want to take on your kingly, godly authority and use your penis to penetrate as many vaginas as you possibly can. What is wrong with you? And that's the problem. And then in our conversation that we never like to have, we we treat you all in that way because we don't understand there's a whole lot that goes into it. Now, I can deal with it. Now, shut up so so you can say what you were going to say because I know there's a whole lot you may have to say to what I'm saying. 
Um, I get if the disconnect between the church and that community was on the premise that the Bible calls it sin. That is a is a is a discussion I can understand where the two sides probably will never come to see eye to eye. That I can get. I'm okay with that. Everything past that, though, is problematic to me. Because whether or not this is sin or not, I, as a so-called believer, have an obligation to treat you with love, to treat you with respect, to show you the godly example that I possibly can so that let's just say it is sin that the, that I am able to win you away from a life of sin. Thank you. I, it's it's I YK Osiris. Mm -hmm. um, Sokiana. Thank you. I could not say that child's name to save my life. Sokiana is her name. Sokiana with the that's what she said. That's her her full the full name of her rap name is Sokiana with the good the word I ain't gonna say. Um yeah, it's 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, if you see the video, and I don't recommend you seeing the video. That video's it, not that bad. It, I see I see the problem no, with it. When you hear it uh -huh. and hear her uncomfortability, yeah, no. it is real problematic because yeah. there's a full video where they were already having a back and forth before that, mm -hmm. where she was, uh, as we like to say in modern day, curbing him, mm -hmm. and he just wouldn't take no. And his apology was garbage too. But it is yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, respecting people's boundaries. Oh my god, yeah, it's he, bad. He definitely overshot that one. But that's what. But it's okay because it's her and she's a sexual and, and right. she's a sexual being and, yeah. and she's a woman. And so as a gay male, they'll call you like a woman. Everything that that is stereotypical about it. a gay male is thank you, Mike. I appreciate you, sir. My boy Mike is on the line. Appreciate you, Mike G. Um, everything that is uh, stereotypically associated with gay males is super effeminate characteristics. And the reason that is is because women are property. That's how the church and society looks at them. If they if they weren't, homosexuality wouldn't be an issue. At least not in society. Now it may, it may still be one in the church, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be society. But that's part to me as I see it on the outside looking in. That's kind of how I, how it, it it strikes me each time I hear these conversations had. No, that's a that's a good point, Jesse. And, and there's a lot. Um to unpack there one of the, one of the things i do i do actually agree with with what you just said because a lot of it and at, this actually goes back to the shows i think was one of the first shows that i started watching um on your on your channel was the the differences between we were talking about african-americans get judged versus um caucasians and that mm -hmm. difference there well that's also in the lgbtq community, oh yeah like yeah why, why they can why they can do it and we can't and we can't and so a lot of that is exactly what you said is, is sexism and uh, gender roles. What is the normal gender roles? Because you talk about that church, and I was reading about that um, online as well, that with the women can't be pastors. I think they voted. It was a pretty high vote. It was like 90-something percent or something like that. We were saying they didn't want that to happen. And so that is a form of, of sexism. But I think that's one piece, one part of it. I think a larger part, or, or I would, I'm not going to say larger part, but another piece of it is is this more acceptable? It's almost like a cool factor for women to do it. Why? Because something kind of goes back to what Tafalanda was saying, is that they have those those type of oh two women oh oh I like to join in on that, you know. But two two males oh that's a sin. Mm -hmm. And so you you have that that w when you tie that into what 
you were saying just with sexism, I think that's where where the issue is, where the difference is between uh, women LGBT community and, and men. But like you said, it is a big difference in a totally whole new playing field because, like I said, a lot of people think that's cool for women to do it, but males, mm-mm, not happening. There was a conversation on some podcast I was listening to. I don't remember what the podcast was. I really wish I could remember because I am good for giving shout-outs to great podcasts. And any podcast I listen to is great um, because I don't listen to trash stuff. (laughs) But they were having um, that type of conversation. And the the question wound up being something to the effect of, um, is it? gay for a man to have a male a male to male sexual experience one time why or why not versus a woman and the overwhelming majority of the statement was if a dude's doing it once dude you you you're you're a homosexual for life but women are allowed to have those experimentation experiences in college and they all they all college I tried it six times in college. Like the actual, the uh, one of the hosts. <laughs> now I remember it was the Breakfast Club. They were talking about it. Um, Jess hilarious was talking about. She said she had a woman on woman, full blown kind of relationship and encounter. Uh, and she said I tried it, you know, six times. But I was just experimenting. I didn't. And I, it's not something that I, I, I desire or pursue. Something I wanted to try in college, and I did it. And I and I, st- and I stayed there for a while. And then she started putting caveats behind, like. Uh, she didn't. I didn't do her, but she did me. You know that, that's how that worked and everything. So I was. I stayed the female. Um, but let that have been a male. The moment you have the thought, forget the action. The moment you have the thought is when you get messed up. Mm-hmm. And so that is. That's why I say I feel like it's it's it's. And I agree with you. And I have to because. I can't disagree with a member of the community that tells me something's going on in that community that I'm not a member of. Mm. Um, oh, you can take it off the air. But I agree with you <laughs> in that it, it, it's, it's all of the things that you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a, a great portion of, of, like, we just don't reverence women the way we should. And so anything that is feminine or has feminine characteristics or is perceived to have feminine characteristics. We shun, we downgrade, we degrade, and we just throw off as property or whatever. It's cool for women to do it, and it's cool to have a threesome where it is two females and a dude, because that's a conquest. Oh, I just recently had this conversation with someone. That I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, so if that's not the problem, like, like that's fine, you want all of that but if your woman wants another man in the room now she's a slut she's a oh is that okay probably that okay too late, you're well, it's, too late. it's already out um like she's all of this and they ran a train on her that's not a threesome a threesome is only defined as two women and a man i'm like you stupid <laughs> oh no 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 by, by by actual definition up to a threesome is two females and a dude it's a not. train i'm i'm uh, oh, it's called a train by <laughs> sexual kink it's called a train when you have two dudes and a female or any more than one dude and one or more females it is called and the reason it's called a train is because of the penile connectivity Mm. two females cannot be connected 
they can be they can touch but they cannot be connected mm-hmm. as a male I, as a, if you're a female you can have a, a male in one end and in the other that's the connection as a, as two females you can only be on mm-hmm. one the other hence the train but it's still it's just a different name for the same thing um it is it is ridiculous i, I want to hit this question that that mac um dropped on here Max says it does feel like it's an, it does feel like it's LGBT things are more accepted on in TV nowadays, even with kids shows. How do we get over being uncomfortable with it? Can I address that first, and then I'll let you talk, Eric? Because I have a I have an issue with the question as a whole. Um, okay. First, I don't think that um, it's accepted on TV. I think it's forced, and there's a difference. I, I don't think it's accepted. I think it's forced for 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 money and for ratings. Um, they realize the power. Uh, uh, the buying the power uh, that community has, mm-hmm. and so I'm putting things. I'm forcing, forcibly putting things on television to try to get them to buy in. If it was accepted in TV, you would actually have more members of that community as lead actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. What you're having are straight male and straight female playing gay, as opposed to actual gay members of the community playing those roles who can act. Mm-hmm. I'm not for putting them in the role they can't act. I want good actors on my television no matter who it is. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But because they are members of that community, they are shunned. As a matter of fact, the, the movie The Black Knight, I just listened to this interview on The Breakfast Club as well. The the writer of the of the Blackening, he identifies himself as a queer male. And he said, and I quote, the reason I started writing this role and writing this movie was because I was seeing that as a black queer actor, I was finding diminished roles. I was always a sidekick. I I could never be a lead. So in order to to try to change the perception of Hollywood, I wrote a movie where I could actually play the lead and it be good. And maybe that will open the doors. So it's not really accepted. It's forced. How do you get over being uncomfortable with it? Get over it. Like, it's not, it, it, there's, there's two things that you can do to me. You can either get over it or don't watch it. Your channel goes up and down. Your stop button works. You can dictate what you watch and what you don't. And this isn't an attack at you, Malcolm. This is just at the question as a whole because I hear this, this, this conversation amongst as a whole. Why do we think that everything has to be comfortable or, or be for us. There's some stuff on television I don't like, but I don't want to take it off because it's just not for me. Mm. There's some gospel music I don't like. I don't want the artists to stop making music. I just know their music ain't for me. So I correlate what I like and what I don't like, and I watch what I like. And every so often, I might try to venture outside of what I like or don't like and take a look at it and, 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 and see if I like it. And if I don't, I move on. I'm not a huge Ty Tribbett fan. The world loves Ty Tribbett. He got a few songs I like. I could really go the, the entirety of my life without seeing that buck-toothed black man ever make another song. <laughs> and I respect the legend that he is. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of his stuff is not for me. So I don't ever have to hear it. But I'm not going to knock my wife if she's listening to Ty Tribbett. I don't, that's what she wants. So you get over being uncomfortable with it by just not watching it. Or you just say, hey, this is life. People are actually gay in real life. They are. And, and I, I think so. I was watching Gracie's Corner yesterday with Layla. Okay, because I have no idea what that is. But go okay, ahead. so mm-hmm. Gracie's Corner is like, uh, 
it's it's by a little girl and her dad, and they're both African American, and they created this whole what I would say cocoa melon for us. Mm-hmm. So they do educational stuff. It's a cute little cartoon. Um, but the beats be hard. Let me just be honest with you. The beats be hard on it. <laughs> um, and Big Frida, who is, I, I, I don't know her pronouns. So I'm going to say her. I could be wrong. I'm not sure about Big Frida. <laughs> um, but so to, to me, I think she is trans. And so she is now featured on a new Gracie's Corner cartoon. Mm-hmm. And people, and it's us, it's always us. Always us, always black people. They are, they're like, oh my god, you got this going on out here, and these kids. I'm like, at no point in there are they even addressing sexuality. They're not. Like, be open with your kids and have conversations with your kids. It's not being. If you don't stop pretending like it's not a thing, and go ahead and have a conversation like, hey, this is how this person lives. This is how they identify. This is who they love. Doesn't mean this has to be for you, but this is how they live. And we respect them one the other. Like, if we just have these conversations with kids, then stuff can't get forced on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's your a, sir. Yeah, I think that's a, you guys made some really good points. And I, and I hear that a lot is, you know, why is this being forced on us? And I think, Jesse, you were the one, or either Eddie, Eddie might have said it in the chat, but it is, it is a marketing right type thing you know a lot of people in this community well not me you guys heard it from the last show identify as poor but a lot of people in the community do have that um that type of money (laughs) (laughs) they do they do cater to those um to the lgbt group and we do see a lot of tv shows with you know lgbt stuff going on you see these relationships it's more normalized and i know a lot of people like to use the term forced i don't know if it's necessarily forced because probably everyone in, in this chat and on this, we already said on this show, can identify at least one person, at least one person who's in the LGBT community um, that they know, that's in their life, whether it be family, friends or whatever. And so when we see these type of shows, because you really didn't see that, you know, in the 90s or 80s, stuff like that, it's kind of like maybe trying to be a better reflection of real life events. And Flan, I think that's what you're the point you were trying to make, which I agree with, is that somebody knows somebody. Right. And so. Mm-hmm. The issue but I, I, it feels like some TV shows are focusing on that. And it, it, it all depends on what show it is, but that may not necessarily be the focus. That's just a reflection of our society, right? And so, um, and I think we should have a reflection of our society. What does our society look like and how does it translate to what we do? You know, if you guys remember, Bud Light was having a, they did some a commercial with the with the trans woman and People, oh, conservatives were outraged by it. boycotting Bud Light and all this other stuff. And then Target's been under fire, too, mm-hmm. because people are like, you're forcing me to, to do this. And Jesse, you made a good point. There's Nobody's forcing you to do anything. If you don't like what a company's doing, you won't, that, that's, that's the beauty of this country. Mm-hmm. You have choices. You don't like Target? Go to Walmart. Go, go somewhere else. You don't want to drink Bud Light? Mm-hmm. Don't drink it. Those are your choices. So when you know you feel like it's forced upon you, nobody's holding a gun to your head and say, "Hey, go buy this product from that store." That's not happening. And so it's really not forced. Like I said, it's more of a fl- reflection of our society, and really, really doesn't reflect our society because a lot of people who who we know, but there are more who we don't know, right? And so we need to recognize those things and make it good on television. So you say, "Hey, you know what? I never thought about this. I think of of of." my little box, right? Everybody's straight. Everybody does this, that, and the other. And I don't think about what goes on 
what people are going through or what their preferences may be. So a reflection of society, I think, is always a good thing. I think as well, like, so, <laughs> so, oh, I, oh I, I can imagine the emails and calls I'm going to get tomorrow after this is over. <laughs> <be> um, <laughs> like, I think, <laughs> I think some of the issue to me as well is, is like, black folk get on my nerves. Because we, we speak about wanting inclusion. Not too many years ago, we were just screaming, Oscar's so white, Oscar's so white. We need inclusion, we need inclusion. When you say inclusion, you can't exclude anyone when you say you want inclusion. So black folks, we say we want an inclusion. Well, part of inclusion also means that community needs to be able to be represented in more television shows and more movies and in a meaningful way. Because I think we forget that the, the, the reason that we can have a former president, Barack Obama, is because we had the man who shall not be named, who I'm going to name now, Bill Cosby, having his own show, showing black excellence. Mm -hmm. Because before him, we had Sanford and Son, which wasn't showing black, it was a great show, not showing black excellence. We were always pimps, we were hoes, we were poor, we were downtrodden, we were gangbangers. Good times. Yeah, good time. Oh my God, 78 people in a small apartment fighting and beating our kids. And then there came George Jefferson. And George Jefferson I'm moving up. But even he still had an ignorant black mentality, which it, actually exists. It his, does. Like his show came from, people forget, All in the Family. All in the his family. show came, he became a spinoff from All in the Family with his racist neighbor. Like, <laughs> And so if it hadn't been for that line, and then hadn't been for a, a Bill Cosby coming along with the Cosby show and a different world, we wouldn't see this shift in how... America as a whole sees us. They still see us as hoes, gangbangers, and, and, and all this other stuff, and dangerous and criminals. They still see us as that. But they also now see us as, oh, there can be some good ones. There are some black excellence. There are some people who are moving, trying to do something. That happened because of portrayal. The visual portrayal. If, I, if my timeline is correct, I think the first two shows that I can recall that really had a a uh, visual of homosexual lifestyle was Will and Grace and Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And neither one I watched, but I'd, I've heard enough about them. Mm -hmm. But they were like the first two that really had that out there. And then it started to become... Then Modern Family. The Modern Family. Mm -hmm. the, you have Ellen who came out. It became this, this normal thing for white folk. Mm-hmm. They got to do it first, and so it's okay for white folk. We're catching up now where there's becoming more. The Lee Daniels of, uh, of the world, and et cetera, are coming where it's, it should become more normalized. And the reason it has to be normalized, going back kind of to, the, to homosexuality in the church, church, black church, we are the white folks of the civil rights era as it relates to the homosexual community, especially the black homosexual community. We treat them like white folks treated us. Mm -hmm. And they need to have their own preferably nonviolent Selma experience. It was Selma, for the most part, the publicized, disgusting beating of black folks by white police officers 
that made a shift in the narrative of our humanness, our normality, our existence. They need to have that, and the nonviolent way to do it is to keep portraying them in movies and in television shows and in kids' shows and making it so normal that when you see two guys kissing, it's not, Ehh! it's, oh, two guys kissing. And now, unless you have that same reaction to PDA as a whole, then don't have that reaction to PDA with homosexuals, whether it be two gay men, two gay women, whatever. I see two, two dudes kissing, you know what I do? I look the other way. But you know what I also do? I look the other way and I see almost anybody kissing if it's not on my screen. Now, if it's on my screen and two dudes kissing, I still look away because that's not me. I don't but do your thing. Now, what I will but tell you, it I takes don't like that public. to be normalized so that now, when I, as a Christian, you don't like PDA at all? <laughs> I'm with you. Like, yeah, some of them be just, I don't like, be like, please get a room. I like some way. PDA. But I want to, um, Jesse, I don't know if you wanted to finish your thought here. I, I did see a lot of comments in the chat I want to address. Um, but go ahead and finish your thought. No, no, go ahead. Just, just call out the name so I, so I can get to it. Cause I, no, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Because oh, I can, I can talk, talk, so go ahead. Just let, just let me know which one you're looking at so I can know that, so I can uh, make sure I pull it up too. Okay, so Trek, you may have to go back some. Trek G, he said it's almost like when they force it, they are forcing backlash order to shame mm -hmm. easily shame people for not being behind it. And so this is where, I don't know if you were, I, I think you, you might have joined a little later, Trek, but this is where I, because I, I, I'm not all on board with, with the narrative and, and the agenda. I think it does kind of differ for me as, as far as, I, I realize some people do think it's kind of being forced upon them. And I, I don't like forcing anything. You know, I want to live my lifestyle. I don't I don't want to force it upon anyone. You do you, I'm going to do me. So that's how I feel about it. And I don't like the narrative, media narrative. It kind of does sometimes feel like, hey, you got to be on board with this or you're anti whatever. And, and so I'm again, I don't, I don't like that aspect of, of the community. But what I will say is that um, we shouldn't be shaming. And early in the show, I, I, I drug, we talked about um, uh, Dave Chappelle and his uh, back and forth with the LGBT community. So we shouldn't be shaming people. You know, it's OK if you don't if you disagree with us. Right. But we get that message. That narrative is you. You not only do you have to agree with us, you have to support us. And that's not the narrative that we need to be sending people. But unfortunately, I think that is the media narrative. Um, Mac Malcolm, I want to address his comment, too. He says, I'm in Florida, an area where folks love the governor. We know who that is. DeSantis is where we have to say his name. He who should not be named. Is that how we. Oh, yeah. You can say a piece of trash his name if you want to. <laughs> So DeSantis is doing a lot of culture. <laughs> Let's call him out as, as much as he is. He, DeSantis mm -hmm. is doing a lot of a lot of culture war stuff. And that's one thing I don't like. either. I don't like the culture war things that don't say gay bill, all that type of stuff, banning books and that type of stuff. I think that's unique. I think the NAACP even told black people to stop going to Florida, <laughs> which maybe has a point. Maybe they have a point. But um, the culture was. The culture war stuff mm -hmm. has to stop. And I think that goes back to um, uh, kind of the politics and pushing that culture war narrative. So a lot of these politicians have something to run on. And I think that's one of the one one of the things that DeSantis is kind of latching on is to the culture war stuff. Um, and he's one of the people. Eddie made a comment, a really good comment. Um, it's way back. Don't even but it's way back up there. But he says, you know, the people who bark the most, the loudest about that community sometimes are the ones doing it as well. And so that's a good point he makes, you know, they may be anti-whatever, whatever, behind closed doors, 
you know, they're with that guy or whatever. So people who bark the loudest, you got to be cognizant of those. And then. And, and I, I find it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You good, Philando. Go ahead. So, like, I find it real interesting. People who are supportive of DeSantos, I was like, like, he's giving, especially people, people of the Hispanic community. I was like, you do realize he's giving very much so Hitler vibes. Like, his, his white Christian narrative is very much so giving Hitler vibes. Like, it's not for long before he turns on his own people. Like, he's very much, so for people who don't know, like, Hitler was Jewish. He hated everyone who looked like him and got a whole society, a whole group of people to hate people who were him. He was gay. <laughs> he had people, he had gays killed. Like, he is very much so giving. You have to be very cognizant of people who are willing to turn on their own people for a dollar. At the end of the day, he is looking to get elected and he is pushing that conservative narrative because he don't want people looking behind his own door. This is like his laws in Florida are absolutely ridiculous. Like he is trying to turn it into a white Christian society. And I was like, this that does not we at, in America, our constitution says you have the freedom to be whatever you want, teach whatever you want, say whatever you want. And he is very much so pushing some hatred ideology. And you need to be very careful of people like that. They are good. And the people who are following him that are people of color. I'm like, you are being deceived and you're allowing it to happen. It won't be for long before he turns on the Hispanic community, his own people. He is a problem. I was talking with someone who relocated here, and she is trans from Florida. And I was like, so what brought you here to Atlanta? Because, look, it's crowded. It's expensive and it's crowded. And she was like, yeah, I just relocated here from Florida. And I was like, say less. Say less. I understand. Like the amount of hatred that they are teaching down there. Like you're not safe. I get it. I get it because they're making it more comfortable. And I was like, this is absolutely like it's ridiculous. And the fact that this person is going to run for the uh, president of the United States. Mm -hmm. I was like, the fact that that even is possible to happen. But here's the thing. I think first we have to understand and and admit the fact he's in Florida and Florida's a whole different entity. Let's <laughs> That's not what Mac was like saying. Florida oh, is not. Florida. <laughs> act like Florida is the United States. Florida is its, <laughs> it's, its own thing, right? However, what DeSantos is doing is he is running off. So I often say it this way. What's not understood will always be either abused or feared. Mm -hmm. And if it's feared long enough, it will also be abused. Because we don't have these conversations, because we're not allowed to have these conversations, whether in the church or out the church, I can't ask what all these letters mean. I can't, I can't make a statement. Okay, let me go ahead and make it. I was going to make it anyway, but since I'm here. Um, I can't make the statement about pronouns and get it without getting cussed out. I have a problem with the pronoun game. I'm sorry. I don't mean no harm to nobody. But I got a problem with the pronoun game. 
you took plural pronouns and are applying them to singular things and it's making the grammar intellect in my brain explode. <laughs> I go by there. You had the ability. <laughs> T-H-E-I-R, T-H-E-R-E, or T-H-Y apostrophe R-E. T-H-E-I-R. <laughs> so, like, you had the... <laughs> The community, whoever is the person or people who made this decision, because ain't nobody talked about who made this decision either. You had the ability to choose any words you wanted to or make up one, and you took plural so that people with intellect will go crazy. Now I have to say things like, um, they, they are at the door. How many of them are there? One. What? <laughs> they is plural. Hey, I learned in grade school. It's plural. Maybe if I put and that I, on my resume, resume, they'll pay me twice. Pay me two as two people. Hey, if they do that, I'll start calling myself there for real. <laughs> Listen, they, right. if, they do that, if they do that, count me in. I'm doing it too. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, but I can't say that and ask the questions as to why did you choose they and there. When there was all kinds of other words you could have used or made up one. Because all words are made up anyway. I can't ask that and, 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 and without being homophobic. I can't ask, like Falanda talked about earlier, to ask somebody and be genuinely trying to understand, well, how do you know this? Like, I have an issue with, and I know, again, it's not popular. I'm sorry, but I got an issue with, with Dwayne Wade and, and Gabrielle Union. And I am a huge Gabrielle Union fan. She is wonderful. She is almost like my Yolanda Adams because she's a psychopath in all of her movies, and I like a little crazy. Um, but to, to, to put the change and transition on your child and to allow them to start to make the transition as a child. I ain't going to tell you how to raise your kids. It ain't my business. You raise your kids how you want to. But if you make it public, I'm allowed to I'm allowed to tell you my opinion of it because you made it public. I got an issue with that. They're a child. You can't drink till you're 21. You can't vote till you're 18. You can't drive till you're 16. But you can change your gender at 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, however old she is. Make that make sense. There should be a conversation of, hey, we, we will support you no matter what it is you, you do. We will support you in, in, in how you choose to identify as a Christian. Yes, that is exactly what I would tell my child. I, I support them. I'm also going to tell them I'm praying for them. But I support you, and I'm going to love you regardless. But as long as you're under my roof, until you reach the age of reason, which is generally considered to be about 16, you can't make that decision. Now, you get to be 16 years old, cool. You still need my consent to do it. But I'm not going to really fight you on it. You're 16 now. We'll do some things. 18, you do what you want. Because now I ain't got to sign nothing. So you mean to tell me I have to be responsible for you in every other area, but I'm not allowed to be responsible for you when it comes to helping you understand this is not a decision you can make? It is a, it is a medical fact, or supposed to be a medical fact, that the human brain 
is not fully formed until you're 24. I believe the age is 24. Mm. It's 20, fully formed. 25, I think. Because you can't that rent a car until you're 25. means with, with full function. 25? 25. Right. Full functioning reasoning, full functioning ability to, to, to have, have thoughts and processes and everything on your own. But at 12 years old, you can fully function to, re to, to realize what gender you are. You can't even consent to having sex at 12. But you can consent to what you your sex your is. sexuality, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And so those things, to have an honest open, non-offensive conversation, because if I could talk to Gabrielle Union, who don't care nothing about me, or if I could talk to Dwayne Wade, who don't care whether I live or die, because he don't know me, if I could have a conversation with them, just have an open dialogue conversation to discuss reasoning and, and, and understand where their perspective is and help them, let them understand where mine is and even have a chance to, to hear their child, because I understand as a parent, you want the best for your child and you want your child to grow up in the most loving environment possible. So you try to foster this thing so they're in the most loving environment possible. Talk with the child so, I can, so these things can be, but you can't do that. I can't make any of the statements I made without being considered to be homophobic and evil and th this, that, and the third. Gabrielle and, and Dwayne Wade can't make any of the decisions and the discussions that they had without being called evil and stupid parents and all this other stuff. We have no discussion. And without conversation, there can be no understanding. Without understanding, there's always going to be abuse and fear. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And that, that's a lot to, uh, to unpack there, Jesse. But I, I think you made brought up some really good points. And that's one of the things I actually... Um, I agree with what you said there. You know, um, when you're 18, you're old enough to make your own decisions. But until then, I, I think you really need an, an adult's consent, and that's something that needs to be discussed with, between a child and an adult. Now, when our with our community, there seems to be two extremes, right? And I kind of fall in between. But the well, one extreme, you have the DeSantis who are trying to ban everybody, um, who you know, LGBT, blacks. He's just trying to mm -hmm. ban everything. And then you have the left extreme where. They're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, gender reaffirming surgery and stuff like that or, you know, taking the hormone pills and stuff like that without the parents uh, um, even knowing about it, you know, in the schools. And I'm like, that is way, way extreme. The parents should be tracking on everything their child is doing, everything that's going up into their child's development. And so, you know, that's when I think it's overreached by, you know, on the extreme right. But DeSantis trying to ban everything on the extreme left is like, nah, you can be who yourself. When you're three years old, you can make this decision. I'm being um extreme here but but you know they they want these children to make these decisions at a young age and i'm like no no and you know that the question is should it be taught in school you know this these, about the community and stuff like that well we do have sex education in high school and i think like you said just you mentioned 16 i think high school is a good uh point where they should be learning or they can be learning about their things right because we have options what classes we want to take and those classes maybe should be offered, but it's up to you and your parents to say to sit down and say, hey, yeah, we want to take this LGBT class. So because we have these people and we have this community in, in our world. And so my child needs to know about it. And so but that's the discussion that you want to have that I think you should have with your parents. I Extreme left is pushing for nah, you don't need to, you don't even talk to your parents about none of it. And I'm like, no, no, I don't fall <laughs> because look for the for the community. They don't send me an email. I don't get invited to the meetings. I'm just as blindsided as y'all sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get a postcard nothing. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not. 
<laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not really even for uh, um, sex ed being taught in school. Not the way we teach it. I need some licensed counselors to teach sex ed. Because I saw my teachers. I don't, um, I don't want no other person to have learned sex education from any teacher or almost any teacher in Alacopa High School that I, <laughs> that I came out with. Thank God they didn't teach sex ed in my school. They really didn't. Uh, but I don't want to be taught. I think, I, 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 yeah, it's just horrible. I think that if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Sex ed as a whole should be taught by licensed counselors mm -hmm. so that they can intelligently and from a place of expertise, not a place from I just read a book, be able to answer questions. And yes, I also believe, and I know uh, once again, I'm, uh, uh, I, I, the church don't like me for it. I am for uh, the LGBTQ plus community's uh, uh, sexuality being taught and the fluencies being taught in high school. And I'm not even going to say with necessarily parents' permission because half of the class I had to take in school. My parents didn't permit. I went to school. That's what I was taught. I believe that it should be taught by a licensed counselor. And I, I think because we don't have a standard across the board for stuff like that, because we had we had human sexuality once in high school, and it was in my health education class, and it was taught by the gym teacher, exactly. and he was so uncomfortable with it. And basically, he was like, you know, boys have this. I'm like, no, because in high school, we haven't noticed. And half of these girls in here are pregnant. No, we haven't noticed that they have a penis. <laughs> and then we have a vagina. <laughs> really um and yeah and it was like okay and then it was like okay just don't do it i was like what's a little late from that because clearly she has done it i think some of our and students you, can teach us better than you can right and i'm like and if so if, if we if we be really transparent one of the teachers in here is doing it with the students because we all know it and y'all don't want to address that <laughs> but we my parent my, my mom had to sign a permission slip so we can even sit in the classroom to even have that conversation i'm like you late at this point <laughs> and that's why i think it's ridiculous to have to have parental consent for that like when i grew up when i was coming to school they were still teaching home ec and and wood shop and and Auto mechanics said we didn't have no auto mechanics in, in my school because we was poor. So we had workshop and home ec. Mm. Nobody had a consent that that was a class you had to take in order to graduate. You had to take half the year of home ec and half of the year of, of uh, uh, workshop to be able to, get, to be able to pass to go to the next grade. I feel like because sexuality is such a humongous portion of your life, from the time you get your first Woody or the first time your little seed begins to throb just a little bit and you get a little drip drip from from the first time that I happens. Need you not to teach it either. <laughs> I'm trying to be I'm trying to be okay. Facebook appropriate. Okay. <laughs> For, from the time that those things happen to the time you die, you're dealing with sexuality. And for some, unfortunately, you may have had to deal with it before those times. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that yeah, because you're born with it, someone should be teaching it. And a licensed counselor has to be the one to do it. Has to. 
because they have it. They should have, by trade, an unbiased perspective. They should have the education to be able to teach and answer questions. They should be able to counsel kids through traumatic experiences that will come up when you're inevitably talking about this stuff. That needs to happen, and then. What winds up happening is then people can become more comfortable with a whole lot of this stuff. And one of my favorite things that should be able to happen, you can get uniform terminology. Because I, I, one of my other little events is I, the, the LGBTQ plus IA community is becoming like black folks. It, their, their terminology is becoming like, like, like slang. It's Ebonics. It changes every freaking day and I can't keep up. <laughs> We need Me uniformity neither. so that things can be understood. <laughs> and in that understanding, we can grow appreciation and respect, and the conversations can get daggone better. Because I'm tired of hearing about the, uh, so many people within the gay community and, and the trans community and the queer community and all the communities that make up the, the, the alphabets. I'm tired of hearing about the suicide rate in there. I'm tired of hearing about mm -hmm. the depression right there. I'm tired of hearing about that. And church, we're supposed to care, and we're too busy trying to demonize them for the lifestyle, but we won't care about them and their, and their health, their mental health, their spiritual health. We want to demonize them and supposed to care for them. Talk to them. Pray for them. Love them. And watch what God will do in their lives, whether they turn or not. I'm mm -hmm. just tired of hearing about it. And so I wanted to be in a place where we can become close together so that, from, from my perspective, so God can get the glory out of this whole thing. So God can be able to touch people's lives and, and help people and deal with people. And whether, again, whether they change or not, so God can get the glory out of lives. I'm tired. And it's our job as the church to be the olive branch we're the ones supposed to extend the branch to them. We shouldn't wait on them to come to us. We should go to them and talk to them. We should have holistic conversations with them in safe spaces so that they're okay to talk. And they know that they won't be judged and demonized for whatever they say. That's what needs to happen. And if the church ain't going to do it, let the school system do it. Because... N-words is getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 a good point, uh, Jesse. I, I do. I'm sorry. I do want to push back a little bit. Um, as far as no, I agree with you. As far as licensed professionals should be teaching. Go it. for it. That's I love a it. That, that's a really good point. But I, 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 the part where I want to push back on is 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 the the LGBT being. I think it should be an elective for now. In 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 high school because we do have a lot of conservative parents that are going to push back on that stuff and saying you guys are trying to push an agenda when reality is like you said it is just the reality of life right this our community it's a it's it's among us right we're all here we're part of the community we need to understand it but i think right now you're just going to have so much pushback that right now i think it should be just an elective something that they can kids in high school can sit down with their parents and say hey this i want to take this class you know can i take it and they have that consent from their from from their parents and so I, I do I do think that's where it should be right now and then further down the line just make can it, I, kind of make it a requirement. But go ahead. Can, can, can I push back on, the, on on your pushback for just a quick second? And the reason <laughs> I want to push back on your pushback is if you make it an elective, you're not going to find many kids being able to take it. 
I could care less about the parents. I want, I want to save these kids' lives. They will ha it'll give them a space to be able to not only be educated about what's going on in their emotions and in their mind and in their bodies, it'll give them a space to possibly have someone that they can talk to about what's going on that they can't talk to to their conservative parents. Screw these conservative parents because they're trying to keep black history out of schools as a whole anyway and are already doing a good job at it. So I could care less about what they feel, what they think. I want it to be mandatory for everyone because not only does it give the children who are going through these things safe spaces because their suicide rate is, I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say that word, their unalive rate, their, their forced <laughs> unalive rate is higher than almost anybody else in the country. Oh, yeah. I, 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 want, I want to be able to save them. Especially and when African Americans. Make it mandatory. Even the kids who aren't will, especially yeah. moms, And if you make it mandatory, the kids who aren't will then be able to understand and I promise you you'll get it does it doesn't seem like it because kids are buttholes but you'll get less bullying that way because the thing is normal yeah. right you get right. you'll get the normal amount of bullying like my wife used to work, work, used to have these huge glasses when she was in school right and so I'm sure that in school for a for a time she got bullied for the big glasses oh, uh, years <laughs> but then out of nowhere out, all of a sudden it became okay because a whole bunch of folk who was bullied, not just the fact that she, you know, she developed, but also the fact that, like, a lot of the folks who, who she was bullying or was getting bullied by, they, they, they got glasses, too. And so now that, that whole, that it began to decline because, because of that. And then the people who wear glasses now with, the, with, with just a clear piece of glass in it, it's not even a prescription. I'm like, that's a thing. The thing that I did in high school. Thank you, Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> that I was ostracized for is now a thing. <laughs> And I believe I think, that I think, would be the same case with with the, with that community. I think I think I'm buying. I I, I see your point, Chase. I think yeah, I'm buying so. what you're selling. I, I think I think that uh, maybe that can be a, a segment of the sex education to have that LGBT portion in there, and then have mm -hmm. a separate standalone class for it as an elective. What are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> I, I, uh, I think I good. think I think it should be like if there was a way like if I was the head of education for the United States I would find a way to combine both of your theories like because I I don't want them I, I the only reason I don't want it separated out Eric is because some people have not come to terms with how they feel mm -hmm. and if you mm -hmm. if they make it a separate class then other people around them other kids around them are going to start identifying them as that and then there, there's oh, the option yeah. to bully them, even if they're just curious and want an understanding. Because what if they're not going to the class for them? What if they're going to get a better understanding of a family member? Or what if they're going to that point. class because they're interested in the field. Right. And this is a good way to understand how to teach the field. Right. So, like, I don't, like, I don't want, I don't want to, the, the only, the, like, the only part with that was there's an opportunity for them to be mm -hmm. ostracized and bullied and stuff mm -hmm. just for taking the class. And so, like, if, if there was a way to combine, like, both of those, like, I totally agree that should be in school. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff they don't teach but school. I they don't teach finances. I was right. um, in my little un unwanted vacation. <laughs> We were talking about, like, what is something you wish your parents would have taught? And the amount of people who were in there, like, my parents never told me about how to pay bills. 
how to how to write a resume, how to pay what taxes. Like, mm-hmm. what was that thing that happened all of a sudden after I start working? Who took my money? <laughs> like, it's so much stuff that you like gets overlooked in the home that sometimes you need that curriculum in school. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, Falana. And and I I that go ahead, Eric. I guess my only thing about it is that is it going to be because if it is incorporated, my only thing, the reason why I would want to separate it out, because the same reason black history should really be separated out, because when we teach history, how much black history are these schools teaching right now? Martin Luther King. That's it. That's all we know. Next next chapter. And that's it. And so I think with the LGBT mm-hmm. community, it's going to be kind of the same thing. And so that's why I think it should be kind of broken out just because I don't want it to kind of fall by the wayside. Oh, here, here's one. Here's one but chapter. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jesse. I was going to say, but that's, that's why I feel like it should be by a licensed professional. Because a licensed counselor, licensed psychologist, isn't going to give you just the, the broad stroke overview. If you've, uh, one, of my, one, of, one of my dear friends who passed recently was uh, Dr. Francine Childs. She was the professor of African American studies at Ohio University. She was like Eddie. I wish Eddie could have met her. I wish I knew Eddie in the time I knew her so I could get them two together. Y'all two would have a blast. Like, so when you talk to her about anything black, you didn't get Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X. You got deep into it and the figures and where we were at and who was this and this is where we come from, and these are the different things that happen, and all those types of stuff. Like, you got all of that from her because this is what she did. This wasn't something that she taught and then decided, I'm going to go teach something else or something that was pushed on her because we don't have enough English, we don't have enough African-American study professors, so I know you want to teach English, but here, teach this. This was what she was passionate about. If you get if you get psychologists, clinical psychologists, who this is what they do, they're going into depth because it's their passion. Also, there would be a standardized curriculum that says these things must be covered, and that standardized curriculum should be curated by members of the LGBTQ plus IA community. And so, to com- since you want to combine our ideas, here's how you combine them. You got four years of high school, right? Mm-hmm. You have one year that's mandatory, your freshman year. The other three years where you can keep going deeper and deeper into it to understand more and all those things, sexuality as a whole, along with the, the, the things concerning the LGBTQ plus IA community, those become now electives. But you need at least one mandatory year. When I was in school, you had to do two years of mandatory other language. And because my, co- my school was poor, we only had French and Spanish. Two years in order to graduate. We had four levels of both, but you only had to take two years. They need to have at least minimum one year in order to graduate. And the other four years, or the other three years, you want to take it, you take it, you don't, you don't. But at least so that the thing can become normalized so the conversation... I'm all about trying to get these conversations to happen. Like, again, no, if once the conversations can happen, we can whittle away at all the other crap and just right. come together. Table, 
and get better understanding and make the world safe for y'all, make things more intelligent for us, and then we'll be able to have... <laughs> I'm coming to your comments, Eddie. I just can't talk and, and, and click at the same time. Uh, <laughs> we'll be able to come together. And then me, as, as again, speaking from a pastoral capacity, once those conversations can happen, now people can be more open to the conversation about Christ and the conversation about, hey, I understand this is how you feel. Please know that this is sin, but please know that this is not the end of the world. This is something that you can that you can either that will either be a stronghold in your life and it's OK for that. And God's got your back and there's grace and mercy and love for you. Or this is something that you can begin to come out of. And there's and that's OK as well. There's grace and mercy and love for you as well. The cross and Jesus Christ was for everyone, no matter the thing that you are in. And we and, and I can have to begin to shape those conversations without now the backlash the, in the back of the mind of people thinking, oh, you just think that we're all going to hell. No, no, that's not the case. No, I don't think they're all going to hell. I, I, I really don't. I just believe that the conversations need to happen so that we can begin to have open dialogue and respect and love for one the other. No, that's a good point. I, and I like how we, we had multiple ideas that we came up because I, I like your idea. Have it, have it mandatory that first year and then um, maybe even the first two years and then having electives the last two. So no, I like that idea. And it's, it, you know, it's like I said, you have, we, we, we don't even have these discussions. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, you're either on one extreme or the other or, or the next. And because we don't have these conversations, we stay on these extremes, but you and I, in the course of <laughs> what, between me, you and Falanda, we came up with a solution that I think a lot of people would actually agree with. But we have to have that conversation first, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. But I want, but I want to get to Eddie, Eddie's comments. He has so many. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I'm, I'm trying to put them up there as as we go because he he was hitting them. I appreciate Eddie. Keep Look, doing it, Eddie. Keep it up. We're gonna just add you in. <laughs> going too fast. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I do see a lot of depression in the LGBTQ community due to a de due to decided isolation. I hate that they feel isolated." And some of it is because they simply are seeking happiness. They cut family, friends, and others until they are alone. When the relationship doesn't work, that isolation can lead to self-harm or inflicted unaliveness. Um, I don't think they're the ones, at least from, from outside looking in, I don't think they're the ones always doing the cutting off. I think there's a whole lot of family and friends doing the cutting off. I, I really do. I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, in large part, I don't think it's them. I think it's people being intolerant. And unloving and like, oh, you're this. I can't accept that. Don't ever call me again. Eric, have you had that experience with like certain family members after you came out? Like, they just couldn't. My family mostly just kind of didn't talk about it. Uh, my mother was. Um, she said she knew. You know, your mothers have this intuition. You, you, Falana, you know, they just know everything. Like, oh, oh, you, you coming out? I already mm -hmm. knew. <laughs> You ain't telling me anything new, but no, I I think it's a little a little bit of both with the isolation, a little bit of of the family kind of isolating, and then um, the member of the LGBT community isolating themselves as well, and because it, in it for different reasons, because either perceive the perception that oh they don't accept me, even if they do, um, a lot of us have the perception oh they're just pretending just to you know because I'm family or whatever the case may be, but you know in reality they going behind and saying this that and the other, and so it's kind of one of those self-isolating things where that's why you know we're talking right now it's good to talk and say hey now i actually don't have an issue with it i'm sorry that you perceive that i do because the perception is everything right what you perceive 
is your mm-hmm. reality until you have that discussion. And so a lot of times, because it doesn't have happen, we just kind of go along or ignore it or perceive that that person um, identifies us or thinks of us a certain way. So it's a little bit of both, Jesse. But I think I think a lot of it is like on, on the family side, but it can be um, on the LGBT side as well. So here's what we're going to do. Because we, we, we've gone to grip, and I love it. I love it. Actually, I, what I want to do is I want to I, I want to have you back on, and we and we do some of this some more. Cause and, and really, I want to have you back on not just for this, not just for this conversation. Because again, I really think this conversation is important. But I also want people to see that you are more than just this, mm-hmm. and so we could have some other conversations about some other things. Like for y'all who don't know, y'all should follow Eric on Facebook. Uh, and see some of his intentionally provocative statements he makes as it relates to the federal government and the military and how they operate. I think that would be wonderful. Um, I think it would be wonderful for us to have that type of conversation as well. Another conversation and, we don't get to have is how we our tax dollars unfairly treat them. Absolutely. Oh, but if you if you've ever seen his stream, it's not just that he like the, some of the some of uh, uh, the the. The things that he sees in the media from a military mind's perspective mm-hmm. is way different than what you would think and could be classified by some who don't understand who he is as unpatriotic. I don't understand how you could be unpatriotic and you chose to offer up your life for our country. Uh, you just have a perspective that's different than what other people have the perspective of. And so I would love to d- dive into some of that with you as well. As well as just to have some general conversation, like some stuff that ain't got nothing to do with none of that. See your thoughts on, like what I normally do when I pick topics. Just, 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 just see what you think about some other stuff. So we're going to have you back on. But what we're going to do, we're going to come right back after this word from one of our sponsors. We're going to have the Real Talk Banter. We're, we're, I will be able to pick your brand on some things. And just for you, sir, I'm going to play your favorite My commercial. commercial. <laughs> we'll be right back with the, after these messages. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Amanda. I'm the owner of the G-Spot Accessories and More. And I have been doing this since August of 2020. I wanted to start my business because I didn't see anyone else doing what I was doing. I wanted to just step out on faith and make couples happy, other people just spice up their sex life. My business it's basically for single people, married people, just anybody. 18, they can be 79, I don't care, but <laughs> if it makes them happy and pleases them, I'm perfectly fine with it. What separates my business from other competitors are I am very convenient. You can reach out to me at any time. I don't mind meeting you, shipping it. Um, just openly to please you whatever you need i'm there for work so quality the toys they're a1 i have like no problems out of them at all and other people don't but i'm just everything is just amazing so so my items or products are for everyone whether you gay straight um couple i have a little bit of everything well i have dildos, I have pocket pussies, I have two-head dildos, whatever you need, I have it where this um, pheromone lubricant, 
I try to have a little bit of everything swings. So just to lighten up stuff and just have your night enjoyable and one you will always remember. <laughs> ah, all right, we back, we back, we back. Whoo! All right, so your favorite, your, you, you, you enjoy your favorite commercial. <laughs> she, she said, she said her products are for everybody, gay, straight. See, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 my that's my good friend. Shout out to my friend Amanda, who who does the thing for all peoples. And just love sexuality for all people. So shout out to her. And I really, really, really want folks to support her. Especially if you like sex. Go ahead and support her. She, she got some things. She got some things. Swing, like she said, swing. She got some new stuff, too. She got, new, she got a Facebook page. If you like the G, go to Facebook and, and, and look up the G-Spot accessories. And you'll see she got some new things, too. Mm -hmm. and, if you, and if you know of something that she don't have that you would like her to have, give her inbox her or you know comment on on that page and, and she'll get it for you I, have, I because i'm friends with her as a person and i have liked to have liked her page to support her page i see comments that people be putting and she be like yeah I, i'll go get i'll get it or i'm already has in the she, process of getting it and then she sometimes has, has surveys like hey before? if i put this up and i'll get this how many will buy it she no, has we're uh, we, we gonna get it wrong we're gonna get it wrong okay, don't tell me with a good time i love to talk <laughs> about sex <laughs> Oh, yeah, we, we gonna get it all. I, I gotta figure. But you know, she out there all the way in Mississippi. I don't know how how her reception is. But we gonna get it. We can figure I, it out. I, I have plans on like Says the my internet. goal for the real talk part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, you not, now listen. We ain't really jumped a whole lot. It, it it has let you know. You keep talking about me. I'm gonna let, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get you. It it's glitched like three times. It's about it, which is way under the bar for us. We ain't had the camera go out or nothing yet at all. So you need T-Mobile alone. <laughs> hey, T-Mobile is, that, is yeah, identified as working today, huh? My goal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, but my, my goal for the Real Talk podcast has shifted again. Like, uh, I, I always want to have... Uh, always wanted to have the conversations that the church is not willing to have. That was the entire purpose of the Real Talk podcast when I first birthed it, right? But now it's not just that. I also want to be able to have discussions and interview people um, just about life and their life and things that they have going on. Like I have a friend of mine. Um, friend is probably uh, used too strongly because we know each other, but we're, I wouldn't say we're friends. He probably wouldn't either. Um, but he's an actor and a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. Um, he, he has been in a whole lot of stuff. Um, some stuff, you know, some stuff you don't know, but I would love, uh, I'm having him on down the road. We're going to have him on, um, a good friend of mine out in Philly. She is, uh, uh, she deals with, I think she's still in Philly. Um, she deals with a lot of political, uh, uh, rallying as well as is an awesome minister and woman of God as well. One have her, we're going to have her on down the road. Um, we plan on having Amanda on down the road i want to talk to some young people again like i used to do when we had um holy hills radio mm -hmm. uh, i want to do that Ooh. i'm going to get uh destiny huh? 
No, we can't get Destiny. We, we can't get Destiny because I'm not ready for her to be a grown adult yet. Um, <laughs> she is an adult. <laughs> but I, I plan on I'm plan on trying to get um, uh, my good friend, my, my mother in the gospel, Nicole Carter, Evangelist Nicole Carter. But I don't want to get her just on as just Evangelist. I want to get her on as the creative that she is. She is one of the first female gospel rappers in the history of gospel rap. Like she and and her accolades are ridiculous. And so I want to get her back on and have her be exposed. Like there's so many things people I want to have conversations with now. I'm in the mode of I want to have conversations while having good topical while having good topics as well, but great conversations with people to show life. Because I feel like in those conversations, like the conversations we have been having, you begin to have those conversations innately that about things that the church doesn't like discussing. And it's only until things can get uncovered like that that the church can be what it's supposed to be, which is the representative of Christ. Ooh, I think I'm going to give myself a round of applause like I'm in church. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 we don't but have the right. audio, the, the, the pipe in, the, the applause and stuff. Don't tempt <laughs> me. I will do it. Um, <laughs> but okay, so with that in mind, let's go ahead and get to the real talk banter. And, 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 and Eric, I have decided we're not going to do uh, um, Pick Your Poison. I, I, might, I, might, I might give you one question. I might find and, and pull out one question, but I'm still trying to give it. I'm still trying to give it a rest. I'm still trying to give it a rest so that so that it doesn't get so overwhelming to people because it's getting nasty. But I like the nasty. My wife is like, oh, it's getting, it's getting kind of disgusting. It, it's getting, but I love it. I don't mind nasty. I do oh, kink, but uh, it's no, I love ugh. the I love the disgusting too because I I'm all about the shock value and the expressions on people's faces and the comments that people leave when they hear some of these questions. Love them. So, but I got a bunch of questions here. We gonna go. These are basically um, either or questions or pick ones. So. And okay. so, so I put a bunch of them because I don't think there's going to be too much discussion behind some of them, but I feel like it could still be good. So let's start with, since you mentioned Dave Chappelle earlier, let's go on ahead and start with him. Um, either or, which one which one you t- you choosing? Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, why Dave Chappelle? Dave Chappelle, he just... I like that he talks about stuff that makes people uncomfortable, especially my community. Maybe I get kicked out of it because I'm like, yeah, get him, Dave Chappelle, get him, get him. <laughs> so I love the stuff that he talks about in that he takes it he takes it right to the line without really crossing it, at least in my opinion. So that's why I like him. Where Chris, Chris is kind of, eh, he, he's scared to toe the line. Chris Rock's scared? Really? I think so. He I ain't cry. never <laughs> known Chris Rock to be scared. Chris Rock called Will Smith and his wife a B like 19 times in his last special. I think that's because he was just over them. <laughs> yeah, but what did he say about the LGBT community? He had to make Rock some disclaimers before he said something, though, right? Mm-hmm. But if you know Chris Rock, that's how he's always been. Even when he talked about the N-words, he made disclaimers. Like, Chris Rock is not one who who is... Uh, He's not controversial for controversy's sake. He wants he wants a clear line to be understood that hey, I'm not I'm I'm getting ready to attack you, but I'm not really trying to attack you out of malice. I'm attacking you because this is attack worthy. So he's I've always known him to I've, I've, I've followed Chris Rock I follow Dave Chappelle as well. He's always been one to make disclaimers, but okay, I I I will take that that Dave that Dave Chappelle is yours because he he is a. a I think you've been outvoted, he, he, Jesse. He's not afraid. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Dave um, in the chat as well. 
Oh, I, I have. I haven't. I haven't given my vote yet. Oh yeah, but oh, I'm going, okay, I'm going okay. to admit it. Um, who, who, who you vote? Yeah, I was just. I was just. Give, I was just giving some defense for Chris Rock. So. Oh, okay. Um, I like Chris Rock, but I have to take Chris Rock in small doses. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna go with Dave Chappelle. There's something about Chris Rock's voice <laughs> that I cannot take in large quantities. Don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate it when you took me for my birthday to see him because mm-hmm. I was ready for him to address the slap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Dave Chappelle always. He's more of for me an intelligent comedian. Mm-hmm. And so he's. It's thought provoking. I'm like. I'm gonna laugh and I'm like, wait, what? That. that? Okay, I get it. I get. It. I got it. <laughs> Eddie, I'm so mad at you. Eddie said, "I don't find Chris Rock funny, which is sad." But he said, "I, I always feel sorry for his microphone. The man spits in the mic like it's a spittoon. <laughs> he does spit a lot. <laughs> All people who talk into microphones for lengths of time spit." Eddie, Trust Eddie doesn't like. Um, Eddie doesn't like Chris's so attack on for black me, women. Is what it is. Ah. Uh, I hear that all the time, but I don't think Chris is a, is, is a, woman, a black woman attacker. He's, he's always spoken from what has been his experience and what he has observed. Um, actually, as much as I love Dave, I actually am going to go with Chris. And I'll tell you why I go with Chris, though. I would have defended Dave if you had said Chris. But I'm going to tell you why I go with Chris. I go with Chris, one, because he's been funnier longer. Let's start with that. Um, his first special is light years ahead of Dave's first special. Dave has evolved to become this master comic that he is and, and ultimately the goat of our generation, right? But Chris is just a monster. He is moving. He's in your face. He don't care what you think. He drops... Chris Rock drops gems and drops lines that you remember for 20 years. Dave Chappelle drops thought-provoking conversation that you remember for the moment. It is 2023, and we're still talking about Chris Rock joke, N-words versus black folks. If I start that joke, everybody ain't mama knows that joke. (laughs) And it provoked a conversation about the civil war that actually was and is still happening in the black community. For every conversation he's had about black women and women in general, it's really been from his perspective, from what he has, from his history. And if you watched the special before his last special, the tambourine player, he wasn't talking about uh, uh, he wasn't talking about black women in a negative light. He was talking about his own stupidity and how he handled his marriage and what he did and how marriage is about being in a band. And sometimes you're the lead singer and sometimes you're the tambourine player. And when you're the tambourine player, you need to play that tambourine with a smile on your face because nobody wants to see an angry tambourine player. And speaking as a member of a former member of the Church of God in Christ, a black church, we love our tambourines. You, we don't want you playing that bad boy mad because it comes through. Play that bad boy with intensity and with a smile, but you play that bad boy happy under Jesus. You got to have a good time. And so I feel like his, his, his body of work is, is better overall. Dave Chappelle has had a better last run 
since he's come back from Africa than Chris. But he's also done more specials since he came back from Africa than Chris. Chris has really been on the back on the back end because of his disability and trying to get himself together and also trying to get more into acting and becoming a better actor. Everybody hates Chris is 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 true but they only hate you when you're at the top everybody hates michael jordan too so i think chris rock is a good company with that but i i i i could see that i'm outvoted i'm normally outvoted when it comes to these comic conversations even though I'm yeah i remember i remember that last time um, from uh bernie mac <laughs> yeah 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 and I got a south side of Chicago over here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she always going to side with anything Bernie, which, okay. Uh, it's going to be Bernie. In the same vein of comics, I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it since because I, 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 I'm a glutton for punishment and a glutton to lose. Plus, I want to get my wife back on my side. Um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he said, we could agree to disagree. He is not that Chris from CB4. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he is. That was a terrible movie. Like, it was supposed to be terrible. Oh my but god! But Pootie Tang was wonderful, and Pootie if Tang he went, Pootie Tang was hilarious. Ah. Also, Eddie, I would, I would, um, I would recommend you see uh, Fargo, the tele- the Hulu television. Oh, Go season two. Skip ahead. No, don't, don't, don't season two. Well, actually, you need to do season one so you can understand what actually is going on. But go to season four, Chris Rock season. And I'm telling you, it's not the same Chris Rock. He plays that wonderfully. The only, the only, the only comedian I really into him. Huh? Did he get a life change slapped into him? Oh, he got divorced, but not really. That wasn't life change. Yes, sir. The only comedian I really can't stand, I do not think is funny at all, is Kevin Hart. I can't stand Kevin Hart. I don't think he's funny. I don't know why people. Well, that actually goes to the next question. That was actually going to go to the next question because the next Here question was <laughs> Cat Williams or Kevin Hart? Which one Cat are you choosing? And obviously, I guess you're going to choose Cat Williams. Cat so Williams, sad. all the way. Mm, mm, mm. Baby, set him straight, please. So, my only beef with Cat Williams is, is that he recycles jokes. Like, he's been telling the same jokes for so long and so many specials. And if, it's, it's your fault because you pointed it out to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait, I do know that joke. <sighs> he don't have any new material. Ever. Cat Williams is, here's and here's how you can find out for everybody who may think I'm lying. Because Cat Williams is the funniest person ever in life. No, he ain't. Um, take his first three mainstream specials. Uh, uh, pimpin' the Pimp Chronicles. No, it was uh, pimpin' pimpin'. I think it was where he had the green suit. Yeah, pimpin'. Pimp Chronicles one and Pimp Chronicles two. You will find from Pimp Chronicles one and Pimp Chronicles two, fifty percent of it is from his first special. He only sometimes tweaks jokes. He does. He didn't do new material. Now this new Cat Williams is Cat Williams' last few specials. These are all new Cat Williams jokes, and they're horrible. His last couple of specials. Yeah, I didn't like the one. Trash. The one I saw was World War Three. I, I didn't like that one. <clears throat> yeah, trash. trash. This yeah, last one he was. had out, where um, he he was. I forget what he was talking about. I, but 
I used his special in, in one of my messages in church because it was educational. I'm listening to a comic, and the only thing I got from him was education when he talked about water. He talked about water and, and the fact that water is the one thing in nature outside of vagina that you can't recreate. We know the ingredients and cannot make it. We know water is H2O, one part hydrogen, I'm sorry, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. And you still can't make real water. And, and, and it fit for the message that I was using. That's how funny Cat Williams is right now. When you hear his interviews, he's absolutely thought-provoking, but he's not funny. It's Kevin Hart all day. And Mike, my boy, I disagree with you. Kevin Hart is more than just consistent. Kevin Hart has evolved. People's problem with Kevin Hart is that Kevin Hart is no longer telling poor people jokes. When we saw him in the Grown Little Man, I told you, I'm going to call him connoisseur. I can dissect this stuff all day. I dissect this stuff like I dissect the Bible. <laughs> When we saw him in Grown Little Man, he was poor. So he was telling stuff that folk, what we call normal people, can relate to. Kev is rich now. Kev got rich people problems. Kev has always told jokes based off of his life. So because the average person cannot relate, nor will they expand themselves to relate, he no longer is funny. He's still funny. His, his mind for comedy is brilliant. He is wonderful. And I have yet to hear him in a special regurgitate the same joke. I, my issue with Kevin Hart is... Sorry, I, maybe it's, I just think... I, I, maybe it's because of his movies. I, I, I don't know. I don't like him in any of his movies. It's like he's trying too hard. He's not funny. And to me, that kind of bleeds over into his specials, maybe because I have that thought in my mind about his movie. I'm like, oh, my God, he, 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 he plays some terrible movies. I can't stand his role. And so I think that bleeds over into the in, onto the stage. So so, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit that in a second before, right, right, right after I hit Eddie because I'm a huge <laughs> Cat Williams. I mean, I'm, I'm, excuse me. I'm a huge Kevin Hart defender. Um, Eddie, so <sighs> Kev has never – Find a special he has regurgitated, a special, not something that someone has taped or something he was trying out for a special. Find me a special where he has regurgitated jokes. He has not recycled jokes. He's never recycled jokes. His last special was brilliant. It was brilliant. What people didn't like was that the fact that he was in his home. And it was not the over-the-top Kev that we're used to. The COVID special he gave was really minimized. And when you understand comedy, comics will, will often make themselves bigger or smaller based off of the size of the room. Mm -hmm. So if Kevin was Kevin in his home, like he is on stage in an auditorium, it's going to come off worse. His, his last special was brilliant when you just hear the comedy of it. He is brilliant, and I promise you, nobody uh, uh, is able to, to deal with, with the mind that Kevin Hart is. Here's how you know Kevin is a for real comic. Other comics give Kev props. About, not about his rise and ascent, but about his comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike, you talked about his, his performances on the screen. 
Kevin Hart's not an actor. He's a comic who's learning how to be an actor. I challenge you to, to watch the Netflix special he did with Eddie's with, with, uh, Wesley Snipes. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, I challenge you to watch that, watch that series and tell me Kevin Hart can't act. Kevin Hart went from being Kevin Hart when he had the comedy scenes that he was supposed to be a comedian to being a serious actor with Wesley Snipes. Or watch the movie with the guy in the wheelchair he had. I can't remember the name of that one either. Oh, what was the name of that movie? That movie was wonderful. I'm just thinking about all this I, I, movie I, I, with like he Dwayne is, Johnson he's, he's and Jumanji I, I know, and stuff like I know. that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And Kevin Hart makes it worse, it seems like. They're but supposed gotta, to be over the top silly. His, the movie, Jumanji the upside and, 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 is... That's the one the with the, the, the name upside. of the movie that was almost called The Other Side with the no, wheelchair. The upside. No, I'm sorry, The Upside. Go watch that movie. It's on Netflix. The Upside. It the is upside. a brilliant okay. movie. He doesn't do any. Uh, it's not even a comedy. He dro- He goes completely away from comedy. It's not even a dramedy. It's all drama. Like he is brilliant in it. Uh, like okay. his his and and Mike his last two specials. If you're talking about. Uh, uh, Cat Williams. His last two specials are trash. If you're talking about Kevin Wood, uh, Cat, uh, Jesus, Kevin Hart, people hate his last special in his home while they laud his special in in Philly. So, but that's the over the top nature of it. Mm-hmm. Kev is a mon- like I ain't trying to convince nobody. I'm just trying to let you know. Like, I again, I could talk about comedy like I talk about Jesus. I I am a comedy connoisseur, and I really take my time. If I didn't appreciate the craft of comedy, I would try to be a stand-up comic. I'm oh, no, not I funny. Ch- I'm witty. I got to check it out now, Jesse. I'll check out that what, up t- uptick or so, up street, something like that you said? The, the upside. Upside, okay. The upside. That. I will inbox it to you as well. The upside. It is wonderful. Uh, uh, Eddie says as well, I do think David's changed his field. He sees himself as free i can only go off what what he is what he is promised by folks he would okay yeah and and that's why dave is is our is this generation's greatest of all time the man was able to do anything he wanted to and told folks kiss his butt on top of and remain funny mm-hmm. he evolved and still remained funny and now he's more thought-provoking and still funny and very few comics can do that um he is the standard for this generation as a matter of fact i would go so far to say dave is better than eddie mm. dave is better than richard and i like but i like richard i'm not a huge fan of eddie's like, but do you, really, do you really outgrow the the predecessors yeah you can absolutely outgrow the predecessor yeah. um so That's i prove it to conversation. you i prove it to you <laughs> some wrestling real quick and i'll go to the next question i'm a huge wrestling fan as well right when you think of wrestling, what's the first name that pops into your head? The Rock. You the know why? Nelson. Because the Rock, has sur- mm-hmm. the Rock has surpassed Hulk Hogan. Okay. Hulk Hogan is the ultimate when you think about wrestling. And wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah, he did do the, what The Rock does beyond him, and The Rock does it better than him, too. So, I don't yeah. know if he passed. Wrestling I don't fans will say just old. Steve Both Austin. Like this new generation don't know oh, about. Oh, he passed him. No, he passed. He passed. Oh, so the 
Hulk Hogan, uh, 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 sorry, The Rock has passed Hulk Hogan in terms of movies and sales and worldwide recognition. He passed him in terms of merchandising as it would, 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 it would, he was a wrestler mm -hmm. and did it in a shorter span. The Rock was only an active wrestler, I want to say maybe eight years. Hulk Hogan was a standard for 30. Eddie hit my favorite dude. Rick Flair. Eddie Sr. hit my favorite Rick dude. Ric Flair, the nature Woo! boy. The greatest of all time. <laughs> and the only time Ric Flair gets mentioned is when somebody who understands how to appreciate Ric Flair mentions him. The Rock wasn't just marketability because The Rock wasn't even the man in his era. He was the second man. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, yeah, Stone Cold is the new was the new standard in wrestling, and now Steve Austin's not even the standard. You want to know who the standard in wrestling is? John Cena. He's still wrestling. John Cena has surpassed everyone. No, he's he does still wrestling. Too. But I mean, just in terms of even if his career ended today, his merchandising is is about on par profitability with Stone Cold's. His his marketability surpassed Steve Austin's. His his presence and what he's accomplished in his career has surpassed both Steve Austin's and The Rock's and Hogan's. He's the new standard. So yeah, you can you can surpass your predecessor. You just have to be better. Mm. Dave is better than Chappelle. And yes, I recognize Eddie you that mean Dave, Dave would is say better than Eddie. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dave is better than Eddie. And yes, Eddie, I recognize that Dave would disagree. He says Eddie is more naturally funny, but most comics who have come after Eddie and have come from Eddie's tree, they reverence him and will never say they're better. Mm. Much like Eddie would never say he's better than Richard. And he is. Eddie is so much funnier than Richard. So much better than Richard. Eddie will never say it. That's why Dave won't say he's better than Eddie. Chris won't say it. Kev, with all he's accomplished in terms of sales, won't even say he's more marketable and, and more profitable than Eddie. And it, the, the numbers say he is. And, yeah, wrestling has errors, but you can still – unlike football unlike football and basketball, you can compare wrestling errors. But let me go on to the next question because I could talk about wrestling all day. I mean, I have two <laughs> – So could I. I well, not, not so all could day. I. I have two rings on <laughs> that, are that are wrestling rings. My wedding ring is a heavyweight championship belt. It's a replica of, of Ric Flair's belt. So I'm a huge wrestling fan. I, I was born Nature into boy. wrestling. But let's move on. Let's move on. The greatest of all time. He's more than 16-time World Heavyweight Champion, for those who know how to keep count. He's like <laughs> almost 30. But the WWE doesn't count most of his range. But that's a whole other story. Um, he was my first doll. I mean, don't you ever action figure. Disrespect and call it a, a doll. It was an action figure. figure. It says it on the packaging. It's an action figure. You did that on purpose. <laughs> why, why people don't get Vince what his movie props? Was Vince McMahon was good, too. As a wrestler? As a wrestler? No. As a character, as yes. A character. As a character, as a character. Give Vince credit for being the great mind that villain. he is. Yeah. He was a great he villain. He was really only as great as Stone Cold was. The only reason he was as great that great villain mm -hmm. was because Stone Cold was that great as an anti-hero. Oh, if yeah. he didn't have Steve Austin to work against, he would, not be, he would not be recognized as a great villain. Steve Austin was great with anybody. Vince was only great with Steve. Not really that great. I think we're gonna have to have a wrestling talk one day. If we I do, y'all will really hate me. I, this is, I, I won't. I can talk wrestling. Eddie too. Eddie. This is like this is like church for me. 
Because <laughs> y'all need I to go cop back that Booker to the T. days of Bruno San Martino, and I'm only 42. Oh, that's because Booker T doesn't need to be commented on. Booker T does, it doesn't belong <laughs> in this discussion. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Why do you with me, right? His props. For what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. For what? For what? <laughs> What's Booker T need credit for? <sighs> I don't mean put my phone down. What's Booker T need credit for? King and I Book. love Booker T. What does Booker T need credit for? You can't no, dig it. That's what it is, Lana. He can't, can't, he can't, he can't dig it. He can't dig it. <laughs> you know why? Because I want to be able to be the rock and pay people to dig for me. Don't <laughs> <laughs> give that blood. That, that's my problem with wrestling fans like you. Like, you know. These black people are in there coming into this very wide arena. Right. They are excelling. Right. Okay, so we, uh, so we gonna do if we gonna do that, then you need to give Ron Simmons credit. Yeah, you see, how, you see how you see how is he? Is he? Is he? You mean Ron Simmons, the first WCW World Heavyweight Champion, yeah. Black WCW World Heavyweight Champion in history? Without Ron him. Simmons, there would be no Booker T. As a matter of fact, Ron minute. Simmons helped train Booker <laughs> T. You go, we go, we gonna talk about that person. That that that's who, who you talking about. We, we, if we're gonna give he, trash Booker T have, credit, he don't have the name recognition that Booker T has. He don't have the name recognition. Yeah. You know why he don't have the name recognition Booker Thank T you, has? Eddie, the junkyard dog. Ain't nobody thinking about JYD. <laughs> that man's fresh off a of slave ship. Wow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> the man walked with a chain around his neck. <laughs> that wasn't his fault. And was barking like a dog. You want me to give him credit? He was my other. Uh, I'm not giving. I'm figure. not giving Slave Yard Dog credit for nothing, <laughs> other than being a black man in a white industry and trying to succeed. And he tried. Tried is the operative word. I think he paved the way for a lot of people to come in, especially during that Hulk Hogan era. No, no, he didn't. I guess the uh, only thing he can smell is what the rock is we cooking. Still move That's on. it. <laughs> Big Cat Ernie Lad. Right. Big Cat. Anybody thinking about Big Cat Ernie Lad? That that cross-eyed fool. Anybody thinking about him? You mean the man who who almost derailed Rocky Johnson's career? You mean that guy? <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. I told you I could talk wrestling with the best about. I, I do this. The Von Erics. Now, now the Von Erics are a tragic story. That I don't care about. <laughs> I can't even remember Gino Hernandez. That's how good he is. Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert was was trash. Trash. Rocky Johnson we only know because of his son. Devon Dud- Did you really bring Devon Dudley <laughs> into this conversation with singles legends? Devon Dudley is the half-brother of a white... <laughs> Because I'm a real wrestling fan. That's why I know. She don't know who Devon is. Wait, wasn't he part of a tag team, though? Yeah. The Dudley Boys. Yeah, it took boys. you a minute, though. You, you didn't recognize that name right away. Oh. Get the table. And if you go and you can't mention Devon without mentioning Bubba, <laughs> and you can't mention Devon without mentioning Deacon Devon, the, the, the church character he played. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I do this all day long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do this all day long. <laughs> now, the Briscoes, the Briscoes were okay for the 70s. 
I'm talking about people who transcend time. No, no, but no. okay, we're gonna move on to the next question because you mentioned New Jack, <laughs> and I will not mention that ECW lunatic. We will not discuss that ECW lunatic on my channel at all. I'm sorry, I cannot do it. We're gonna move on. We're gonna go to movies. Let's go ahead and go to movies. Talk about movies. That's what we're gonna do. Um, <laughs> what movie was more unrealistic, but is the better franchise to watch? Oh Lord, John Wick or The Fast and the Furious? I would say John. Yes, <laughs> I could do it all day. Wick. Me too, Eddie. Me too. They both make. Yeah, I would say John, John Wick. Wick. I, I'm not. Now remember, <sighs> it's it, now, now remember it's got to it's the combination of more unrealistic but a better watch. So you have to not only make the argument that it oh, is a more better unrealistic. watch than the Fast and the Furious franchise. But it also has to be more unrealistic than the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, more unrealistic. If if that's the case, yeah, I gotta I gotta go with the Fast and Furious. Because those movies way. are just yeah, yeah. Those movies are just too unrealistic. I mean, they going underneath trucks and and then there's so many of them too. It's like we I'm kind of getting tired of Fast and Furious series. Um, so yeah, it's Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Eddie said, Fast and Furious is not a good watch. <laughs> ah. I, I think, like, at this point, we are only watching the Fast and the Furious movies because they can. How do you. After the car in space. They did have a car in space. Oh, my God. With Tyrese and Ludacris in it. Why? Why is that a thing? Like. <laughs> and they, they never showed. They itch. never really showed them coming back. <laughs> And how they got back. And how they got take, back. It's supposed to take months to get back, but they got back in three days. I did. What I will say about the Fast At that Furious point, though, this is why I was like. That song that they came out with, it's been, when that guy died, I forgot what his name, but that white actor died. And when it, when it, there's, there's, there's like up to 20 now. But it's oh, been you mean the bad driver? The bad driver in the middle of, of, uh, of a driving movie? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good song for a bad driver. You're in a movie all about driving. And, and you mind. can't drive. Don't do say, that. Don't nice. do that. You will get canceled. Right. Hey, listen, it's, listen, it's been long enough. We can make the jokes now and tell the truth. But I think it's actually John Wick. I think John Wick is not only the better watch, but I also think it's way more unbelievable. So. Spoiler yes, alerts for the last I get, one. I'm not gonna give, well, first of all, it's been long enough. Enough. It's no longer a spoiler alert. If you ain't seen John Wick Four by now, that's your problem, not mine. God, um, I hope that movie does not come back. So it is the though. first. The first thing is, yeah, I get that they went. In, I get that Fast and Furious. They went into space and they, they, they jumped from building to building in a car in a in a country that should have had them on a terror watch list and shot them down immediately. Mm. I get all that. No problem. I'm with all that. Highly unbelievable. I get that the Rock held a helicopter with a chain. And pulled it down. And pulled it down. <laughs> I get that he redirected a missile on ice while sticking out of a car driving. I get all of that. All of that is unbelievable. But you know what it is? It's a he team of people doing, doing unbelievable stuff. John Wick was one man. <laughs> John Wick beat up and killed a whole league of assassins at one time through various movies over a dog 
then comes back in the second movie and continues killing people over a dog. I watched the man get ran over by a car. Hey, unalive and people. And stand up without so much as a. Uh, right. Uh, so much of that. He didn't even. Uh, uh, back the windshield of the car, all jacked up, busted to pieces. Uh, uh. Then he comes back in the third movie. And instead of killing over a dog, he almost gets killed by a dog. Then in the last movie, he almost gets killed by a dog to befriend the dog, to have the dog kill on his behalf. All four of them are over about a, a dog on dog. <laughs> and he kills hundreds of thousands of people For the dog. by himself. And if you ain't seen the fourth one, that's your problem. The man fights a blind man. And the blind man is hanging toe-to-toe with him in a fist fight. And you're telling me that the Fast and the Furious is more unbelievable than that? There is an off chance, super off chance, that some of the stuff in the Fast and the Furious is accomplishable. Take a car. Take a car to your to, to your to your legs and your back going 60 miles an hour. And tell me how you feel. That's what I want to know. And Mr. Possible was 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 unrealistic. It's not timeless. I can't stand Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is is one of the worst short men actors on the face of the planet. I love the fact that he's short <laughs> and I can call him short. He is like being referred to as short. Tom Cruise is like four foot two. And and so that's and that's what he, people need to know. He can fit in your pocket. He's pocket sized at this point, and and he's a, he's a really bad actor at that. Although his stamina is ridiculous, he loves to run. And the hey, only reason just... people keep booking him in action movies is because he's willing to do his own stunts. Hey, didn't you just say we're supposed to love everybody? What's going on with this short people stuff? Right. I can still love him, but call out the fact that he's short. The man is short. My kneecap is taller than him. Stop it. I also can love him and tell you he's a horrible actor. <laughs> who just happens to do his own stunts. Because he's got an unalive wish. Yes, yes, Eddie. John Wick fell down a thousand steps and was still... Not only did he fall down a thousand steps, Eddie, and was still ready to fight... But time stood still for the man. He had that like was the five longest minutes. two minutes in the world. To get up all of these steps, gets halfway up there, gets knocked all the way back down, and still gets back up before time ran out. Kiss my grits. <laughs> Not only in a suit, Eddie, but in in dress shoes, in church shoes. I have been in church shoes. Your <laughs> bunions and Toes will kill you. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to get all that out of, out of the way. And yeah, Tom Cruise is an animal, Mike. You're right. He's an animal. Um, he's an animal who needs to be put down. <laughs> and yet he's coming out with another uh, Mission Impossible movie. Someone please stop his career. Just let him dr- go on into the wilderness. So next one. Next question. Got another one. This one I stole. Um, shout out to the Kevin on Stage Studio app. 
Shout out to uh, uh, to Keon, uh, who's a comic who has a show um, called Keon's All Stars. And on this on one of this particular All Star episodes, he had um, an All Star lineup of best movie soundtracks. And so I picked three that I thought should that I thought were the best of all the ones on the list and probably the best of all time, really. And so you have to choose one of the three that you're going to say is the best of all time. Best movie soundtrack, Boomerang, Soul Food, or The Bodyguard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, "Tom save Japan." <laughs> yeah, another white man save you. That's what. That's what. That's all what we need. Eddie says the bodyguard. So Eddie says he thinks the bodyguard. Why boomerang? I don't know. I just I don't like the other two options. That's the bodyguard. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna say boomerang. So was it Soul Train? You said it was the last one. Uh, soul food, boomerang, and the oh, bodyguard. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm go with boomerang. Yeah, I don't like the other two. So, so let me put it in better perspective. It is, it is uh, uh, Whitney Houston versus Boys to Men versus Mary J. Blige is what it boils down to. Boys to Men were, were the face of the boomerang soundtrack, End of the Road. Whitney Houston and I'll Always Love You and a bunch of other songs were all over the bodyguard soundtrack, and Mary J. Blige. Was all over. I'm sorry. I didn't mean soul food. I apologize. Scratch soul food. That's soul food. I'm sorry. Waiting to exhale. That's what I meant. Ah. I'm sorry. Waiting, oh, waiting to exhale. To, oh, no, there we go. There we go. Ah, waiting apologize. to exhale. Yeah, there yeah. I'm sorry. That's where that's where Mary was in. It's 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 waiting to exhale. Um, cause she was all over. Mary J. Blige was all over that one. She's the face of that soundtrack. So, waiting to exhale. The bodyguard or boomerang. Waiting to exhale. Yeah, that that's that makes about a lot, a lot more sense. Mary, I'm like soul food. You see, Right, I was like "Mm." So we got Whitney versus Mary versus Boys to Men Yeah, it it took me It took me explaining out in my own ear Like, wait, that's not soul food Yeah, it's like, what? That was, wait, next thing, yeah, yeah All the time I was loving you You were busy loving yourself Although we've come To the end of the the road Ooh, okay, all right. Mm-mm. Okay. We know Jesse right. does not identify as so a singer. I'm going to have to look these up because I got to look at the sound. Nope, no memory. Right. I really don't. And I have an EP out and I still don't identify as a singer. Nope, <laughs> not at all. Nope, nope, nope. No, stop cheating. Stop looking up. No, we ain't doing no, no lookups. I, no, 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 no. Off memory. Uh, off memory. Off don't memory? be cheating. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Off memory. Bodyguard. Boomerang. Waiting to exhale. Eddie got a point. Bodyguard still topping sales. It is. Mike has a point. He thinks that Boomerang has has a more full soundtrack and not just one artist throughout. That's also true. 
But Eddie comes back with a point also like the folks are still singing songs to Bodyguard, but um, Edding the Road is still one of the one of the hardest songs in R and B history. So don't 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 cheat out End of the Road and, and Boomerang. Uh Trek says Bodyguard is out for sure. Okay, uh huh. So <laughs> <laughs> He says he loves the Boomerang soundtrack, but you can't beat Whitney. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to go against Whitney. It I mean, is. Texas is like it that is. was a Whitney album, but. But to Mike's point, Boomerang was a more complete actual soundtrack. It was, and that's why I lean more towards Boomerang. Like I think a whole lot more like. Like as far as being a soundtrack and being being there to tell the story, mm-hmm. like technically. And this going like people gonna come for me, and I don't care. Like Whitney Houston, like with the Way Next Hell soundtrack, not Way Next Hell. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say Way Next Hell too. The Bodyguard <laughs> soundtrack. That was a long video. It was. It was a Michael Jackson kind of video. Like uh, what was that? The movie I told Moonwalker. you I wasn't a, Moonwalker. Yeah, that wasn't a movie. That was a long video. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Boomerang. So boomerang and 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 Mike, you said uh, I'm sorry, I'm not Mike. Eric, you said you was going with uh, wait, wait uh, wait until exhale. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going boomerang, and and I'll tell you why I'm going boomerang. End of the road was a. Ridiculous, out of nowhere, song a uh, chart topping song and single. Mm-hmm. We expected greatness from Whitney Houston. Nobody expected anything from Boys to Men. And then you tag that with the incomparable Tony Braxton. Love should have oh, yeah. brought you, brought you home last mm-hmm. night. You should have been with me. Yeah. Like, I love me some Tony. And all of her ranges, all of her man and woman ranges, because she can get down there with the bases and up there with the altos. She is wonderful. Love Tony, right? You put Tony and Boys to Men together while Babyface is writing for them. They beat Whitney 10 days out of 10. Mm. Sorry. And Mary, I love you, Mary, but you can't sing. You just have great emotion, and your songs invoke emotion. And so we love you when you are depressed. We hate you when you're happy. And that's a condition of the emotion you put into a song, not a condition of your voice. So you're out. So it is between. Like good morning, gorgeous. You didn't even give a second thought towards <laughs> a, a way to exhale. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Boomerang is the best soundtrack overall, and though people are still singing singing off of uh, the way the, the the Bodyguard soundtrack, you only know one song off of the Bodyguard soundtrack. I will always love you. That's it. Now I can name some of the rest. People forget that, and uh, I will have nothing from Whitney Houston's all, is on that soundtrack. People forget that I'm Every Woman is uh, from Whitney Houston's on that soundtrack. Like, people forget that Kenny G was on that soundtrack. All we think about... Kenny G was on that soundtrack? See what I mean? Oh. 
All we think about is, and I will always love you. When you think about Boomerang the movie and Boomerang the soundtrack, everything starts coming back to you. You start with End of the Road, but then you're going to hit Tony Braxton's songs. You're going to hit Love Should Have Brought You Home last night. You're going to hit all these songs. That, oh, my goodness, yeah. You're going to, as soon as you start thinking about the soundtrack, and people are still singing them songs today, and I promise you, I promise you, more people, when they hear End of the Road, light up them, they do when they hear I Will Always Love You. We hear and I Will Always Love You, and we look forward to that note. And once Whitney couldn't hit that note no more, we was done with her and that song. <laughs> we here end of the road right now. And people who are born and grew up in the 90s are going back to their proms, going back to dances, going mm. back to breakups where they was reading letters that actually were written. It's Boomerang. Sorry. Yes, Mike. Boomerang had multiple great tracks. <laughs> he said, <laughs> "I gotta put. The, I ain't gonna say it, but my, I got. I gotta put it so folk can read it." He says, "I guess I'm biased." Only thing I, I liked about Wayne. To, uh, uh, that's not Wayne. What the heck is that? Uh, is what did you put? WTH. Not put. He put it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to just I'm trying to figure out what the WTH portion is because <laughs> it's not Boomerang. It's not Bodyguard. And I don't recall where the line is coming from. And I found it funny until I started reading it ahead of time. Mike, you got to tell me what, 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 which one that one is because I'm, I'm blanking. I shouldn't like on my own show. Don't stump me on my own show. That's not cool. <laughs> yes, people have. You're right, Eddie. People have tried to sing the song. Oh, yeah. There on, you go. John oh, wait. Excel. Yeah, that's what I thought. But wait until we, 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 um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 thank you. No, people remember, people don't remember just the You Raggedy Beat line from Wait Next Hell. They remember, um. They remember the car burning. The car burning. That's Angela the most Bassett iconic scene. Makes that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 Eddie, yeah, folks are still trying to sing and I will always love you on American Idol and other song Ooh. shows. Ooh. It's because that's a powerful song that a singer can can showcase their voice. But normal people, when they hear end of the road, light up and go back. We just try to imitate Whitney with the song. We we relive end of the road. I promise you. I promise you. You got a little couple more gray hairs than I do, Eddie. But I promise you, mm-hmm. we re, we relive end of the road. And that's just not, and that's not just because my bias that boys men's the second greatest group of all time. Jackson Five being first. <laughs> that's just factual information. Um, <laughs> let me get a couple more so we can go ahead and get up out of here because we're we're going we're we're going a good time for what I like. We're going a good time for what I like. Like, it feels like it may be a little longer looking at the time, but we had well, about we, a 20 we spent a lot of time on the wrestling. Gotcha. So we're right about in, in the time frame I like to be at. We uh, did that, we too. Did. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and, yes, Mike, uh, 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 I Will Always Love You is a showcase song. If they stop commenting, I would, I would keep responding. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hold on. Eddie, you mess. You, you like in the road, but you're saying I have, I have that. Okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But those again, those are like Mike said, those are showcase songs. So you will sing them. You will sing "I Have Nothing." You will sing uh, 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 "And I Will Always Love You." But you live end of the road. Even lyrically, you live one versus the other. The only reason that Whitney really did that song well is because our only comparison to that song was Dolly Parton. And you cannot compare Dolly to Whitney. 
That's, even Dolly gave up the song after She's like, oh, that's her song. She can have it. <laughs> that's a singer's song. But to relive it, to give you emotion and feels and all of the things, it's end of the road. Bass coming in, girl, you know I'm here for you. All those times <laughs> at night when you just hurt me and just ran out with that other fella. Baby, I knew about it. I just didn't care. You don't understand how much I love you, do you? Huh. I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, I know the whole song because that's 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 what it is. Let me stop looking. I gotta stop looking at y'all comments. Y'all gonna keep making comment. And I'm trying to move on. Let's go on to food. Let's go on to food. Mm-hmm. I had another movie one, but I don't like it now because I don't think it's gonna generate as good a conversation as that one just did. You can't top that. So, which is the better chicken franchise? KFC, churches, or Popeyes? Popeyes. I'm not hating on Dolly Parton. She just, (laughs) have you ever heard Dolly Parton's and I will always love you? It's horrible. But I love Dolly. Dolly was great, especially when she was with Kenny Rogers. I'm a music person too. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Eric. He he caught caught me with the hate for Dolly Parton. (laughs) Uh, But what'd you say? You said Popeyes? Popeyes. Yeah. Okay, so wait, what is this? Why is it Chick fil A? I thought you said Love that chicken of Popeyes. Yeah, mm. why is it Chick-fil-A in there? Because if Chick-fil-A was in there, Chick-fil-A is going to win hands down. Ah. Uh, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make the conversation. Oh, difficult. I know why Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I know Mike, why Chick-fil-A you in a there. Great rest of the conversation. It's, Go it's, back for it's, it. It's the LGBT community. Hey, I still like it though. They got some good food, but yeah, they, don't, they don't really like my community. <laughs> <laughs> we, we ain't welcome in there. <laughs> Listen, I, I have no. I have known a but. I've known in, in passing a bunch of pe- of members of the LGBTQ community. And they all say the same thing. He may hate me, but I love his chicken. <laughs> so I, I'm going to I'm going to actively protest it while eating it. And I'm like, go ahead, do your thing, do your thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> it, it, it's KFC, Churches, and Popeyes. So you say love that chicken and Popeyes. Oh yeah, they, chick- they okay. got the best chicken sandwiches. Mm. I think it's better than Chick Fil A chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, now I don't know about that one now. But but it's best. I know that's right, Eddie. It's Harold. Be, it's best, I said franchise. Uh, Harold is a, is a mom and pop location. Is a mom and pop no, store. It's, it's a mom and pop store that's got a couple of locations. That's not that does not a franchise build. Okay, where where's there Harold's in California? I never heard of old Harold's. Where's there Harold's in Pittsburgh? I heard there's one in Arizona. What? Boom! He in Cali and ain't never heard of Harold's. Yeah, because they ain't got no Harold's yet. But if you but build you know what one, he has heard of? if you build one, Eric, they will but come. You, but you know what he has heard of? <laughs> He's heard of KFC, Popeyes, and churches. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Wait, where's Harold's commercial? Harold's ain't got no commercial. They ain't got no commercials. Exactly. That's why I said franchise. <laughs> Leave me alone with, with them Harold's. And ain't even Harold's y'all like. Y'all like the sauce. Stop playing with me. Harold's chicken is just mid. The sauce, however, the sauce is delicious. Is fire. I don't think. <laughs> I would put Harold's sauce on my chicken, and my chicken will outsell Harold's. I don't think, um, I don't think churches should even be in the in the competition. It should be Zaxby's or Bojangles. It's that should be in there. Well, 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 when you get your own podcast and have your own banter show, <laughs> you can put them two nasty chicken places in in your list. Zaxby's is disgusting, and Bojangles, that old slave place. Don't nobody want that slave place. I can't stand that mess. Look, I ain't had them no place but here, and that chicken was dry. Them biscuits Ugh. was drier. Everything, you know why it's all dry? Dry. Because all the moisture went out of the slaves' tears as they were cooking it. <laughs> <laughs> Bojangles is horrible. Ugh. 
you gotta <laughs> dodge all the bullets God, to get to, to, get to a church. Got to... <laughs> right. I mean, like this, try to get to churches. But when you get there, though. <laughs> and in the illustrious words of Evangelist Janelle, who's an who's a, a avid watcher and a member of High Praise Ministries, but did you die, though? <laughs> <laughs> That's a question. You may have had to die. Dodge the bullets, but you dodge them to get there. <laughs> um, so you, you got to do the matrix Popeyes, to get the churches. And you say, "I'm, I'm gonna say Popeyes too." You going with the place that gave you food? Poisoning? I know. So yeah, and so they almost killed me one time, but but did I die though? <laughs> you almost did. <laughs> Any place that sends me to the hospital is not allowed. No, I did. I list. did not eat them for like a couple of years because I had. I ate them, and I ended up in the emergency room because I had food poisoning, and I never went back to that location. And that location ain't even a, a, a chicken place anymore. So I am disappointed in you fickle black people. I am you know, people are they don't even have what you want anymore. In you fickle black people. You black people are quick to jump off the boat and forget who brought you through, <laughs> who brought you over. Y'all better go on ahead and get these lovely herbs and spices and go on ahead back oh, to KFC like you got no. some sense. You don't eat it anymore. No. I do on occasion. KFC yeah. is the best chi- of those three is the best chicken franchise. First of all, let's go down the list. KFC ain't never gave me food poisoning. <laughs> KFC has never made my toilet the home for refugee evacuees. <laughs> okay? I've never spent all day trying to get off of the porcelain altar because I ate KFC. Churches, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you stole our name and you're blaspheming. <laughs> Ain't nothing churchy or holy going on up in your establishment. The grease is so disgusting. It's not even old or day old. They had that grease when Jesus was alive, but they let Judas use it. And that's what they're frying in their chicken. Y'all are picking portions of the restaurant you, that you, you like. Called you called that original. Papa, that loose, uh-huh, wet, yeah, disgusting Cooked chicken. by slave masters who learned no, how to cook. KFC. That's what KFC, you said. Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> cooked by slave masters who learned it from the slaves. They just did it the white way. And he said he don't eat stolen chicken. I'll eat it, <laughs> steal it, and put it on my plant. I would rather eat stolen chicken than chicken that's going right to the toilet. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I'm not about to do. And the problem is y'all are using aspects of the place. You said you want Popeye's because they're chicken sandwich. I said chicken restaurant. So now you, if you chicken. remove the chicken sandwich from Popeye's, all you got is their unspicy, hot, crunchy, dry chicken and they're horrible, make you choke to death biscuits. I love like their, none of their uh, sides are chicken wings. Ever, ever really. They don't eat beans and rice. They're never in stock. I don't eat them, but they're still never in stock. The ghost pepper chicken wings. Yeah, Those and you good. know why you like them? Because it's so hot, you can't actually taste the chicken. Because <laughs> <laughs> you nah. don't taste the chicken, you just taste hot. Churches, all you taste is grease. KFC's chicken is better. Now they don't. Their chicken sandwiches ain't better. But I don't eat chicken sandwiches no way. Their sides, for the most part, for the most part, their sides are better. And and have have y'all forgotten about the parfait? Hold on, 
hold on. That I know let all me, of y'all it, used to love and eat. Now we used to. Let me put it to you. Hold on. Let me put it to you this way. If you walk into a KFC and you walk into a Popeyes, how many of us mm-hmm. you gonna see in there? Because we know where the good food at. You gonna see a lot more of us in the Popeyes than you will KFC. Oh, so you you must see see. Okay, so here's the problem, sir. And I say this with love and respect. You were on the West Coast where they have the worst food possible. Okay, <laughs> so ain't nothing really all that great, especially when you're talking soul food type stuff on the West Coast. All the black folks are in their house trying to cook actual chicken because they can't get them from the restaurants <laughs> down there. Y'all like Roscoe's chicken and waffles out here ain't even all that great. So you, to ask where the no, black folks is at in a place where they're not where they don't cook actual black food is not actually accurate to ask. I grew up in the hood. Yes, I know you grew up on the South Side of Chicago. I know, I know. But I grew up in the hood, and in the hood, we was all a KFC. I go back to Pittsburgh right now. They in KFC. I go to most places on the East Coast. They're in KFC. I came to out to to Atlanta from Ohio. Most of us is in KFC. We KFC in it out. Down here in the South. Brown they chicken. are in I KFC. I forgot about them, Eddie. Eddie, stop giving me these ch- these chicken places <laughs> that ain't got no commercials. I never heard of Brown. Yes, <laughs> any chicken place that ain't got no commercial. Thank they, you. They, they in Chicago. Any chicken oh, any chicken oh. place that doesn't have a commercial is probably better than the three I mentioned. I'm talking about the big three that, that got nationally syndicated commercials. That's what I'm talking about. The chicken all, places Eddie's that can Denver, afford Colorado. actors they don't even to eat come and do commercials for them. <laughs> they really they don't. Got no chicken. They got they, no, they got sauteed cr- chicken over there, sauteed oh, and boiled. They oh take the chicken God. and put it in the water and just boil it until they feel like it's done, and that's how they eat it there. <laughs> and all of all of your options are disqualified from this conversation because <laughs> yeah, you're 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 in where the where you you are in the most caucus of caucus mountain places. <laughs> Eric is over there on the west coast. Where not where they don't have soul food because they prefer Mexican food and the, and Spanish food. So the, he true. has an excuse. You there where um, they like rice? They like rice. That's what they like. They like rice where you're they at, like Eddie. <laughs> they eat they eat plain <laughs> white rice. <laughs> <laughs> they like their guacamole over there where Eddie's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They put the guacamole. On the rice, that's what they do. That's that's <laughs> what it is. That's so no, but I will not forsake Kentucky Fried Chicken KFC, especially because when they choose to in the past and they bring back them hot wings. They're not bringing them hot wings back. I bet, hot you, I bet you they do. Back. Bet you they do. I thought the same back. thing about the honey barbecue wings, and guess what came back years later? Took a decade, but they came back. Watch some hot wings come back. And when them hot wings they, come back, I'm going to gain 30 pounds. If they bring them back and they don't bring back parfaits. I don't care about them parfaits. I never ate them parfaits. That I know li- y'all love them parfaits, little though. bucket was life. See? Now, see all these memories that you have in, <laughs> that you have in the flashbacks? But you forsake KFC. That's why I don't like y'all flighty black people. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one and make, and make folks even matter. Better fast food, and I am, and I, I automatically am disqualifying one because I don't eat it, but I have to put it on there because it's big enough to put on there. Better fast food, McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell, or Burger King. The original Big Four. 
Mm. I'm going to go with BK. Not just one aspect of, but as a fast food chain as a whole, which one which one you doing? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with BK. Wendy's is just nasty. I don't know. I don't know why people like Wendy's. That's just a certain type of people that like Win- Wendy's anyway. But also, I go with BK. What well, what's a certain type of people that, don't, that that like Wendy's? I'm interested <laughs> to know. All right, Eddie, we'll check you later. So thank you for for jumping on. What, what's what's a certain type of people like Wendy's? What trying to say? What's what certain type of people that like, that like Wendy's? The the kind of people they got on that's their mascot. You know the uh, the light ones. <laughs> Okay. Oh, you like Wendy's? You must not know that Wendy's is a thug, but I'm going to come back to that in a second. I'm going to come back to that in a second because Wendy, you must not know that Wendy's, you must not know that Wendy's a thug. But but which one, which one are you You going already with? know who I'm going with. I ride or die with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and die is the operative word. Shut up. I'm going to go with Burger King. Oh, I thought you, yeah, I, I, I literally thought you, you was going with Taco Bell. Taco Hell? Thank uh-uh, you, no. <laughs> Taco Hell is for drunk people. I eat that when I need to cleanse. <laughs> so both both of y'all gonna go with, with Burger King. Huh? The flame broiled BK. burger. BK that burger is always gonna have more flavor than all of those other I, burgers. I, I am not allowed to right. go. I'm not allowed to go with Burger King. I used to work there. I don't want to know what's going on behind the scenes. I do, and as a result, <laughs> I will not go with Burger King. This is King. why I'm just I eat. I them. don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Well, I know what's going on behind the scenes in Wendy's, and it's better than what's going on behind the scenes in Burger King. I'm gonna the uh, taste that that burger patty has been not the size, but the flavor has been consistent since all of my life. I, I would love like to Wendy- go with McDonald's. Was going to be my first choice. Wendy's is like Arby's, to but me. you got to pay me to go. I there. had. I, I don't ever disrespect Wendy's like that. Um, I, I to, I, that's why Arby's didn't make the list. That's why I went on it. Uh, uh, I had to. Go, I, I was going to go with, with, with McDonald's, but I had to disqualify them because um, they took away my triple thick, my triple thick strawberry milkshakes. Uh, then they took away my stra- my um, strawberry sundaes. Um, so I'm really upset about that, and so I am penalizing them for taking away from me. The strawberry goodness. Yes, because all oh, their triple thick milkshakes were delicious, and I would dip my fries in them and everything. Oh, and I don't really like fries all like that, but I would dip them in, in there. For, oh my goodness, yes, and a fresh McDonald's fry, rightly salted, is one of the best things on the in the world. However, I gotta go with Wendy's because oh. Wendy's a thug. Because oh. oh. she got bars. Wendy <laughs> be dropping them. Because she got bars. On the floor. Yes. <laughs> oh, you must not know. Let me let me educate you real and quick that, before that, we get up on this program. So that rap didn't even come from somebody who works at Wendy's. Doesn't matter. It didn't come from Doesn't the matter. corporate. They that was did, a they person did in, they did who has Wendy's bars. And they did it in Wendy's name. And I, hey, no, who, who Wendy's done, didn't even pay them for who that. Who has done bars in McDonald's name? In Burger King's name, nobody. Who's dropping diss tracks you said in their food. names? I, but I'm exactly. saying, though, I'm going to get to the food in a second. But he right. said, but what he said, though, you said that, it, that, 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 that only the, the lighter side of the hand, like Wendy's. <laughs> no, sir. I'm sorry. Let me, which one do I want to hit? I'm, 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 I'm a, let me give you this one real quick first. Let me, this is what I'm going to give you. Let me hope. Let me hope you, you know, yep, you know what? Every time I go to Wendy's, I think of Denver, sure. Colorado. First. 
Let me help you out. <laughs> Let me show you what Wendy's be doing. Wendy's didn't even pay for that mar free marketing. Because they don't have to. Because they're going to get that work. That don't mean we be in there. I don't see any of us right. in Wendy's. That's how you know they got nasty food. That's because we go through the drive through <laughs> Nobody dropping bars like that in Burger King's name. Also, song, for the I like record, the song, but it does not reflect. You say you. It does not reflect. It does food. not reflect the food. First of all, here the here the reality of the and situation. And they didn't even pay her for that. Exactly, because exactly. they don't have to. Because they Wendy's. No, and they operate. They, they operate just like black folk stealing. Oh, uh, uh, so <laughs> don't act like we don't steal. Stop playing. Let's 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 talk some truth real quick. You said Wendy's identifies black folk in food. Wendy's, right? And Burger King, uh, uh, Burger King identifies as foods you only get when everything else is closed. It does not. <laughs> When's the last Taco time you ever seen a line outside Taco of Burger Bell. King? Right. No. That's Taco Bell. Taco Bell. You go to when you're drunk. People get drunk at three in the afternoon. I see lines outside of Taco Bell. I have I, I, the faithful no, post the memory of it. How do you know that that's not even the fact that because Burger King service is faster? And When's, that? When's the last time you've been to Burger King? <laughs> We, the the service ain't that fast. <laughs> let me tell you my let me tell you my lasting experience with Burger King. It was in Columbus, Ohio. Mike, you'll be able to re to relate to this. It was on Hamilton Road, the Burger King that used to be on Hamilton Road. I drive up there. It's about ten o'clock at night, sitting in line. I get to the the uh the 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 drive through menu. Welcome to Burger King. How can I help you? In the most nasty, sarcastic voice ever. I'm ordering a Whopper with cheese. No pickle, no onion, no tomato for me. And a Whopper with cheese, no onion for my wife. You know what they say to me? I'm sorry, we've run out of cheese. Then, a week later, because I'm craving Burger King. Because I went there and I wanted it. And now I want to get it. I got to get this, this craving out of my system. The next week I went there. I'm sorry, we ran out of meat. The oh, next week, I did this <laughs> three weeks they, they in a that. row. How does that happen? She's oh my, my witness. I called. She. She's my witness. I called her when it happened. I said. I said, babe, I, you'll never believe this. They ran out of meat. Didn't I say it? Mm -hmm. The next week, I went back one more time. You're I sat to your in way the drive to line for fifteen minutes. Right. Somebody lied about that. Uh, you can't have it your way if they ain't got no food. The next, the third week, I went. I sat in line for fifteen minutes in the drive-through. I get up, fine. I make my order. I'm surprised they actually got stuff. They got the cheese and the meat. I get to where I'm supposed to pay, and you know what? What, what I saw? 
Now, I, now keep in mind, I just ordered, and I got the picture to prove this one. I just ordered. You know what I see on the, on the side? I, uh, when I pull up to, the, to, to pay, I see a sign on the window that says shift change. We'll be back in a half an hour. Hey, but you know what, Jesse? You making an argument for BK I just ordered my food. You making an argument for BK because you kept going back there craving it. Have which? How many trips you make? To no, a no, no. Because when you have <laughs> when, when, when you have so a craving popular. for when you have a craving for he something, kept going back. You have to get it out of your system. Right. You have no. You just have to get it out of your. I've had a craving for McDonald's the same way, and I keep going back till I get what I want. When I got a craving for something, because it's rare that I have a craving for anything. When I got a craving for something, I got to get it. And no, they weren't so popular that they that ran they out ran of food. Out. That's, that's what called bad management. And that's what that's it, called. The, that's called somebody who's bad at their job. Everything on Hamilton Road was trash, though. I mean, like, seriously. It now, was that location. We went, to the, we went to the Wendy's. You know what we started doing? Uh, we'd have late service and, so, and whatnot. I'd be coming back from service. And you know what we'd get? Wendy's. Did you order something? <gasps> that order went to the wrong place. It came here? Yeah. This how this you know how I say we always do real talk and real stuff happens. Oh, she man. ordered something for our, for our daughter and she got it sent here and somebody knocked on my door and I don't like folks knocking on my door cuz I don't be known I, we don't let folks know where we live. And so I was like what the heck? And I'm hearing this knock. I'm like who is at my door? And then she was like, "Oh, that's right. They went to the wrong place." Yes, Mike. BK was scandalous. Yes, sir. This one also. I think you got food on this fresher. No, it's a tie vote. Mike counts. Mike. Mike said Wendy's. What did Eddie say? I don't know, and I'm not scrolling back up to find out. Now Eddie Jr. said BK, but I'm not gonna count Eddie Jr. because he has to go with what his daddy said. That <laughs> <laughs> Eddie said BK too. <laughs> Mm-mm. Eddie Jr. is trying to go rogue. Wendy's oh, that's is, what it is. is. Place. Wendy's got bars. Yep. Wendy's got bars. Wendy's got everything. Wendy's got good food. And and the best argument I can make for Wendy's. You ready for this? Here's the best argument I can make for Wendy's. The strawberry lemonade. Yeah. Tell me what place. Where BK ain't got no strawberry lemonade at all, let alone one that's better than Wendy's. Although I will say McDonald's will ain't say got this, no strawberry lemonade at all. I will say this about Wendy's. They were going back and forth. I think it was like Chick-fil-A or something on Twitter. And they had some good comebacks. I don't know if y'all and saw And they bodied Chick-fil-A too. <laughs> yeah. Because because Wendy's got Wendy's is black. Wendy's had a black mama and a I, white daddy. Would, That's what happened. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far now. They sent they sent when they sent Wendy's off to live with her granddaddy so that so that the daddy wouldn't get in trouble for bedding a black woman. I'm trying to tell you what to know. Wendy's wow. is black. Wow. Wendy's black Wendy's got bars and she got comebacks. She be clapping back. Wendy's is the hamburger version of Arby's. That's what Wendy's is. <laughs> so disrespectful. In the words of Sharice, <laughs> the disrespect. You cannot disrespect Wendy's like that. Wendy's, okay, I'm still waiting. Where, what, what does Burger King have that's comparable to Wendy's strawberry lemonade? I hear silence. Out. Because you definitely don't go burgers. there for the drinks. We go there for the food. Tell yeah. me. Wait, wait. I'm coming. I'm, 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 I'm going down the line. Tell me 
what burger? Well, tell me that bur- that Burger King's chicken nuggets are better than Wendy's nuggets. BK's chicken nuggets is better than Wendy's chicken nuggets, especially the uh, chicken fingers. Oh, you good. are lying. The truth ain't in you. <laughs> you are lying. The truth ain't in you. Wendy's chicken nuggets are oh, like Chick Fil A's chicken. Ones. It is delicious oh. and it is real chicken. Chick Fil A. Wendy's oh, chicken no, McNuggets no, are no. wonderful. Wendy's chicken nuggets are wonderful. The classic single that now that's now called the Dave's classic is better than the Whopper. I don't see what you're saying. It's, it, all that happened to it. She trying to show me something. <laughs> see what it is. What it is, Philanda. It's all that propaganda that got that Jesse got from Wendy's is why he likes it. They ain't got good food. They got good propaganda. They ain't got it good ain't food pro- though. <laughs> it ain't propaganda. All I do is I do like Wendy's and I spit facts. And facts are Wendy's is better. And Wendy's, if you want to sponsor the Real Talk podcast, we'll go on ahead and take it. I was eating McDonald's earlier, but I promise you I will sponsor I'll be sponsored by Wendy's. And the reason I was eating McDonald's earlier is because Wendy's this Wendy's be over slow. here. No, this Wendy's over here is trash. It, it, see, even you These see, get, Wendy's, no, this Wendy's, this Wendy's is trash. This, but this Burger, this McDonald's that, is trash that too. That Burger King was is trash. trash. Burger King is trash. McDonald's is trash over here, and that Wendy's is trash. This Wendy's over here tastes like somebody has had diarrhea and put it on a bun. But that's because we got people over here who got no, who've got no hope in their life, and though this is everything they got, and they hate their life. Wendy's is what it is. And because this is my podcast and my boy Mike also agrees with me, I'm going to declare myself the winner in this one. Wendy's win. Uh, uh, I don't care what y'all say. Y'all Wendy's two. win. It was only y'all two for that. Y'all was the lone people for that one. Some, Everybody so, else said BK. So, some, sometimes, sometimes the minority is the majority. Ask white folks. <laughs> they the minority folks, but they the majority. When you own your own podcast, you can say that Burger King is better. But right now, we're going to go ahead and say that Wendy's is better on the Real Talk Podcast. Sponsor us, Wendy's. Burger King, you can go on ahead and go to hell. Uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about you. Um, no, every time I get them, the doggone cheese ain't even melted on their Whoppers. Forget Burger King. You ain't a, you ain't, you, you, you was a lie. This is, what, this is why you went to that little clown garbage uh, mascot y'all got. For, and for the record, a Burger King shouldn't be in this conversation anyway because Burger King is not even not even owned by itself anymore. McDonald's owns Burger King, so you saying Burger King is better is also saying that McDonald's is better because B- McDonald's owns Burger King. They also own Chipotle, but you know what they don't own? Wendy's. Really? That's because nobody wants to buy it. Chipotle? Why would you bring Chipotle <laughs> in this conversation? <laughs> no, that's be- that's because Wendy's got too much money for them to buy. Wendy's is standing toe to toe. With McDonald's and saying, I bet you our money is greater. <laughs> and we don't need to buy nobody else. We just put y'all out of business. Wendy's is the reason that Burger King was able to get bought by McDonald's. Because everywhere you see a Burger King, you see a Wendy's right by it. And Wendy's putting them out of business. Gone ahead, Wendy's. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead <laughs> and close up this episode of the Real Top Podcast. I want to thank our fantastic guest, Mr. Eric Spade. I appreciate you, sir, for coming on. It's been wonderful. We absolutely will have you as a return guest. I love having you on the podcast. I might even <laughs> yeah, have I'd you like on here. in some interviews when I have some other folk on just to have you on. 
I appreciate being on here, Jesse. You and Philander are um, welcome me on the show, so I appreciate that. And you know, we got to talk about some some pretty serious stuff here that nobody else wants to talk about. So, and some some funny things at the end. So, I like how you combine all those things into the show to make the serious stuff, but then kind of the, leave it with the lighthearted attitude. So, I like it. I'll, I'll stay tuned. Absolutely appreciate it. Appreciate it, sir. And to everyone else, y'all know we love to say. Whatever you do, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, just do yourself a favor. Always keep it real. This has been Philander. I'm Jesse. This is Real Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk, Real Talk, Real Talk.